0: Welcome back to Bold is a Fact. My name is Brett English. And I'm Ryan Ortega. We're both bold. And that's a fact. Now it. And, um, East meets West. We've got Jack Napier from Trip Whip. Trip reports galore. DMT, LSD, a
1: man... What do you think about Jack? Um. Very super duper intellectual person, considering like what his experience. Like super, you know, super duper? Yeah, super duper, bro. Like it's it's <laughs> super duper like, intellectual. It's it's like next level, bro. It's not just super, it's super duper. It is, man, yeah. Yeah. He well, put it on mine a few times, you know? Yeah. Every single time that we have conversation with him, it's kind of like a um this is an eye opening experience, man. Like he mm-hmm. just kind of he puts he puts some things together that like, even though you know it's listening to it some t- listening listening to it from someone. Was able to kind of um, put those words together in a very yeah. smooth and, and easy to understand way is a very mm-hmm. interesting thing. He's very articulate. Yeah, very articulate. Yeah, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. He, he's a walking LSD
0: trip, essentially. Man. <laughs>
1: that's why you're But a very, very intellectual with, eh? one, you know. Trip with, man. Yeah. that's it, that's it. And Haman Chaudhary, trained by the shamans in Peru. Yeah, a whole bunch of ayahuasca c- ceremonies, mm. and um, he's, I'd, I'd call him a guide, bro. He's a yeah. he's, he's a guide, like he's a spiritual guide that kind of. Um, the things that he things that he's told me in the conversations that we've had are so so profound and mm-hmm. so beautiful at the same time. Incredible, yeah. Yeah, it's super incredible. And he's doing stand-up comedy as well. Shaman, comedian, all around
0: good guy, Hamad Chaudri. Stick around. Yeah. So thank you guys for coming down. I really appreciate your time. Dr. Ham. Jack. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so yeah, I appreciate it, man.
1: Appreciate
2: it. Hey I
0: Hamad first first and foremost. What was the thing that drew you to your to your path that you're on now with Disco Shaman?
2: I think it was just really seeing the impact that I was having on the world. Mm. And I didn't feel like I was enough, you know? I felt like there was something missing. And I think it was this inevitable search for who I am and what's my role in society and how do I give back at a way that's effective. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: So that's what led me down this crazy road of working with plants and sitting with ancient teachers and just looking into the origins of humanity and who we truly are as opposed to comparing that with what we're told of who we are from the mainstream consensus because that that idea didn't sit with me it never it never did throughout school throughout university i was like there has to be something more to humans this is this can't be it So things lined up and next thing you knew, I, I graduated university and I was off to South America. I want to take a bit of a break before I went into my career. And I tried out a um, a hallucinogenic plant brew with an indigenous Shipibo community out in the jungle mm. under a ceremonial context. Yeah. And that's pretty much what was like the catalyst of, of really... Bringing up the questions of who I am yeah. and answering them in a in a very fundamental way on a personal level Yeah, so it wasn't anyone telling me Who I am it was rather me going inside and discovering through the layers of who I am
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. What, what, what was the inner conversation like when you're on like that plane going to South America? Like did you know what you were, did you have expectations? Did you have like a um, vision what you based on based on what you've read was like all right this this is this might be what i experienced
2: no idea i had prior experiences with mushrooms
1: yeah
2: and i sort of kind of thought that this would be a bit more intensified version of mushrooms ayahuasca but um i mean i was completely completely pushed into a completely different direction when i did try ayahuasca i remember the first time i actually had it i didn't feel anything i was sitting in the middle of the amazon jungle um Uh, sorry the peruvian andes inside a ceremony and i've just taken this brew in a ceremonial context and i don't feel anything and i had that very slight sort of psychedelic effects like when you get on the onset of mushrooms coming up yeah and i was like this is ayahuasca (laughs) i flew i flew fifteen thousand kilometers for this this is pussy shit right like i was i really had an ego towards it's like i do this i I get this high when doing back uh, push-ups in my backyard right (laughs) and um I was just disappointed. I was actually just disappointed and um, Ceremony finished and everyone's having these profound experiences. Oh, they met God and this and that and I'm just there I'm like, what are you serious? Like this is a joke However, the next morning the ceremony when I took it same brew same dosage same setting nothing changed I got a hiding I got a real real wake-up call and I think almost there was a Intelligence which wanted to put me off guard. Yeah, and to really show me that okay look doesn 't matter even what dose you take you can take nothing and you can still have the exact same effects as someone who's taken a massive dose yeah so that 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 really whipped me mm. you know and um, ever since then I was just questioning everything questioning everything that's mm. been told to me questioning everything that's been presented to me questioning the mainstream questioning myself questioning my thoughts questioning everything and I think that's what's pretty much got me down this path
0: yeah. so what do you think controls the whole experience if it's not what your lesson, what you learned was it's not the brew, it's something else behind it. What could potentially give you this experience with or without the brew or regardless of?
2: I think inevitably the brew is, is it's, it, it, it acts as a, a gate. Mm. And it just opens certain layers and filters within the mind mm. for us to access what we can access right now, right here. And Mm. I think all too often we believe it's the brew that's giving it to us. Yeah, there's a chemical component in there that can actually trigger certain events within the brain and release Mm. pharmacological properties that induce psychedelic effects. But now where I'm at with my journey, I'm starting to realize the mind can just do that through belief, Mm. through thought itself. And that just takes out a completely different perspective to what the mind can do and achieve.
0: Absolutely man. What's well,
4: the eat. the intelligence? I'm curious about this. So when you had your ayahuasca trip, obviously you're getting in touch with like a voice or something like that. Do you get in touch with a voice when you're on mushrooms?
2: Yeah, it's a middle aged Jewish man. a okay. <laughs> <laughs> <With the> microphone? <laughs> He's like muzzled up. Um yeah, I do. It's weird. I think every plant has its own voice,
4: right, yeah.
2: its own intelligence to it. Yeah. Like certain plants, like for example, um, tobacco. Tobacco's got a very masculine, grounding, fatherly, grandfatherly presence to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas ayahuasca is more feminine and more, doing, yeah. more wild, more crazy, more unpredictable, yeah. but very nurturing and safe at the same time. Mushrooms are weird. I, I could never actually pick up the gender on mushrooms, you know? Mm. Like, sort of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a bit extraterrestrial to me. Yeah. and It's weird, mushrooms. Okay. Mushrooms are, for me, mushrooms, I feel as it's just more of a drop the filters, this is your mind. Whereas with other psychedelics, I feel as there's actually a intelligence, like an entity that's inhabiting that physicality of that um, substance, mm. and you connect to it. Yeah, And that's where it guides you, you can communicate to it and you can potentially... And that's what the indigenous people actually believe, that each plant has its own mind.
4: Yeah, I've always been curious about it because it's like, I feel like each one gives you a certain different... Or it takes you to a different like energy, uh, if you want to say it like that. But then like it has to translate itself. So that energy then translates itself through a voice. But I, I always wondered how much um, is affected by what you expect and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard for me as a psychedelic user, Sure, yourself, it's very hard for me to believe that the sort of trips you have can actually be influenced or have been influenced by like what you've heard or what you expect and things like that Mm -hmm. because they're so profound and so sincere. But um,
2: did you know before you took ayahuasca
4: that there was like a- I heard
2: about it. I heard a lot about it, yeah. I heard a lot about the feminine energy, this and that. Yes, Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it could be all subconscious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
4: I know. That's why I wonder, because it's like DMT, the same active ingredient in ayahuasca, and no voice for me. I mean, some entities, but mm. no voice. Mm. It's just like blast off somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I keep hearing about feminine voice in ayahuasca, Yeah. Um, which I'd love to get connected with. Mm. Personally, I think the reason why everybody, like, ayahuasca is kind of like the hot drug of mm. psychedelics at the moment. Mm. And I think that's, important. I think there's a reason for it. I think it's like, um, oh, what's that, what's the anima? Is that the, 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 the subconscious feminine part of ourselves? Is that what it's called, the animal? anima?
0: Anima? Yeah, I'm not too sure not, like is that. that coming from like a Hindu sort of place it's like Carl
4: Jung's Carl Jung theory. okay yeah, i off yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like what that voice is is apparently it's like um, its energy is about uh, connecting to the eternal moment being present being mm-hmm. grateful and I feel like that's what everybody gets in touch with when they take like ayahuasca I don't know if that's mm-hmm. that's true for yourself but that seems to be like the main uh, message of the, f- the female energy mm. and I feel like that's kind of what we're out of alignment in the mass society mostly. Like, we've gotten way too hooked on, like, a masculine energy yeah. of, like, conquer, pursue, dominate, that's, spread.
0: Yeah, like, thieves that sort of...
4: Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what we have right now is not enough, which is the exact opposite of this feminine voice, which is, mm. like, be grateful for where you are right now. Mm. So I feel like that's, like, like... I want to do ayahuasca myself, because uh, even in myself, uh, I feel like I'm missing that touch like i've had that message mm. but i'm missing something's not like clicked in yet yeah but yep. it's like just what you have right now is ap- absolutely all you need mm. there's still that urge to like oh man i want oh, yeah. i want
1: a little bit more yeah. so you want to uh,
0: integrate the feminine a little bit more into your life yeah and i think yeah. that's
1: what we all need i think i yeah. definitely think that's what we all need more. 100% I mean, man yeah. mm. i had the similar experience doing dmt mm. it was most definitely a feminine voice or a feminine presence mm. And it was a very distinct, very powerful presence. So much so that she told me, she was like, all right, follow me, I will
3: guide you. And those words have never left my mind. Mm. She kind of like, kind of
1: took me through this like, I don't know, portal or um, through this journey. And I, I would say it was telepathically, but from then on, it was that same voice. Every single DMT trip I've had, I've only had a couple, um, it's always been a feminine voice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's never been like a masculine presence. It's very gentle, very warm, um, uh, but very powerful. Mm. Like, very, like, overwhelming. Like, she's, mm. she's like... There, um, there was a point of massive confusion while I, was do- while, while I was in the middle of the trip, and chaos, and... Her words to me will breathe, Mm -hmm. and I just remember taking a big, 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 deep breath, and everything's just starting to align. Mm. And yeah, I I I agree. Like it's, I'm not sure if it's the same molecule as DMT as ayahuasca would be, but I still strongly do feel like it was more, definitely more feminine Mm -hmm. than anything else.
4: It's interesting. I mean, maybe because it could be also like that's our. Like that could be the natural way of things, the feminine energy is that. It can also be, again, like the expectations things, like how your ego has a particular narrative that it lives in. Yeah. Like you were raised with like certain predictions and expectations for what your reality is. Yeah. And then like you take a drug and it's like this surge of new information. And if that, that information is like, be more present, be more connected... Then you're like oh i relate this to female energy and mm. that's how you experience the voice yeah yeah i, I wonder only because like yeah, i've had point i've had similar um messages from like alien fucked up looking machine gears which had mm. no gender obviously mm. and they're like you can have anything you want just be like present connected and grateful for everything you have um but maybe like that's fucked up machine gears is the, what I relate that energy to, for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's, because they seem so real to me. Yeah, They seem realer than real. Mm. Um, and that's where I'm at as well with psychedelics, and I really want to know um, what, that aspect of it.
0: That aspect mm. of it, I guess, that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's interesting. Do, do, in your teachings, does plants have feminine or gender roles at all, or anything like that?
2: Well, what the indigenous, um, Healers do the curanderos of the jungle, They're the shamans. Part of their practice is devoting most of their life to actually dieting different plants. There's various plants in the jungle that they can diet. Each plant has a specific property, they believe. Each plant has a specific spirit, they believe. And each plant has a specific energy, feminine or masculine. Okay. So when they undertake these diets, they, it's rigorous. They have to cut out salt, sugar, sex. Um, They go under intense states of isolation and they connect with the energy of the plant and then the plant actually communicates to them and they um, impart knowledge, right? Healing knowledge. Mm -hmm. Knowledge that furthers the community, whether that's predicting where game's going to be, whether that's predicting and controlling weather patterns, whether that's predicting the past, uh, future, sorry, and past and changing those events too. And I found that very interesting. I was like, so these guys actually think they sit down and they communicate to these plants and the plants teach them, until I went through my own dieta process. And I dieted this plant. I dieted multiple plants. Um, One of it was Shirma What's that? It's a plant. And um, brutal plant. Brutal. That... um, it still blows me away actually i was i remember i was sitting in, a, in an ayahuasca ceremony so you use it conducively with ayahuasca right yeah. you you diet it throughout the week like a salad or a fruit what is huh? what is it it's a tea, oh, tea okay, yeah, okay yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so you drink it in, in a tea form yeah you connect to its energy the, normally mm. the shaman opens up the portal for you to connect to it so he's wow. like the, the the gatekeeper for you he holds mm. the space and then once you've reached a certain point throughout the dieta, you can sit in ceremony and then you can go further and receive more of the teachings of the plant. And I remember I was sitting down there four hours into ceremony, the ayahuasca is hitting me hard. I've got intense visual ge- geometrical patterns. My dad's with me also in um, the middle of the Amazon jungle. <laughs> and <clears throat> I'm looking into this bucket, um, I need to puke so bad. And I keep looking away from the bucket. I'm like, no, I can't. And I remember the shamanic energy came to me. It's like, look in the fucking bucket. And I look into the bucket and this void opens up in the bucket and I see myself in there and I start seeing all my egoic patterns. Mm-hmm. And I start seeing my, the parts of me that were projecting onto my dad, things that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So the, pretty much the programming that he passed down to me. And I try to look away and I swear to God, this is what I feel psychically. It grabbed my brain and it forced me to look at myself. And it was the hardest part of, of my journey was looking at myself. I was like, shit, everything that triggers me in my dad and my mom is in me, and it's like, look. Mm. And I look and I start purging, I'm like letting this thing out, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So like, that was an intense moment. Mm. Another plant I dieted was um, Chidi Sanango, and this is, the, this is something that actually really um, made me f- have a, a bit of a psychotic break, I felt as, because I would um, have auditory hallucinations after ayahuasca. Yeah. I would hear it. And the shaman told me you'll you hear it when you're in meditation or when you're sitting there, you sit down, you'll hear it in space. So it's like imagine you're just sitting here. I'm talking to you.
4: Mm.
2: But I'm not here. I'm like, Jack.
4: Like the the, the there. Order, the order yeah.
2: Though. And you're not on anything. Right. You haven't taken it the day before, yeah. and you hear it, Jack. This, 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 this. And I hear it, it's like this is what I hear. Shoo. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where is this coming from? You know? yeah. It wasn't wind. It wasn't anything. It was hail clear. It's like... Shoo, shoo. And I tripped out. I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is really crazy. I remember I went up to the facilitator at that time. His name was Bryce Awesome Fellow. I was like, yeah, man, look, this happens, bro. And um, the plants actually sense when you start feeling overwhelmed. And they'll, they'll calm down and they'll tuck it away. Mm-hmm. And it's just starting to blow me away. I was like, dude, this is... This is unbelievable, man. And mm-hmm. the, the main purpose the indigenous believe um, the plants guide them through is actually teaching them how to sing ikarus. And what these ikarus are energetical frequencies, they sing to you during a healing ceremony, the, the shamans. Yeah, yeah. And these healing frequencies have the power to penetrate subconscious blocks, emotional blocks, and actually reconfigure your nervous system, reconfigure your electromagnetic field, clear past blockages, clear ancestral trauma, um, download potentialities that you want to create in reality. So it's, it's intense. Like you, can, you can actually be sitting in a ceremony, and a shaman will be singing to you, and it feels like he's got ropes on you. And he's pulling things out of you, and you feel things coming out of you, and it's like you see demons and shit coming up, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like this is, is this is, is this reality? Like, what the hell's going on, right? And um, it was, it was, it was wild. It was, it was, it was honestly one of the most intense experiences of, mm-hmm. of learning that wow, these plants are really, really, really smart. Yeah,
4: that's, the, that's the, the weirdest thing about them as well, is that it's. You go into it, you're really expecting like a chaotic experience. Mm. And that's why this aspect or this um, idea of intelligence is really interesting Mm. because it actually interacts with you. So um, uh, for instance, like I I do remember um, on one of my more intense early um, acid trips, um, it's like I, I, I was sitting down and I was seeing entities interacting with the space I was in. So um, I, think, I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but there were basically like entities on the shoulders of, of the guys around me. Mm. And they're saying, yeah, like this, this is your true form. This is your true self. And, you know, explain all this kind of crazy crap. And I'm really relaxed as this is being said to me. And that's why I kind of, I'm accepting it. Mm. And then when I realize what I'm seeing, realize what I'm hearing and, you know, seeing these entities, I'm like, I'm starting to freak out. I'm starting to panic. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? What the hell is around me? And as soon as they do that like because i remember i was also watching a movie and it was happening with the actors on the screen really yeah so the crew were actually like all of a sudden on the screen and like they got their like the boom poles dude Um,
0: this is incredible man so you're actually like kind of like in the middle of a trip in the middle of a trip, everything but the, around. The movie changes. There's entities you can see on the actors.
4: 100%, like on the shoulder of the actors. So yeah. the actors are looking and they're all smiling. Everybody, like people in real life on the movie, everybody's lo- like smiling. Looking, at, looking at, you. at
0: you. Yeah. The actors on the screen. Actors
4: on the screen. You're like, what the fuck? So you start getting overwhelmed. And as soon as they notice that you're getting overwhelmed, they'll start to laugh and just go back to acting. And so like the film just resumes and then you look over to your friend and he's just eye-watching like, the movie.
0: Like it's clicking now the Truman Show thing. You're it's the Truman about.
4: Show yeah. thing. And you're like, what the fuck? It, did I just see that? Did I just see that? You lie back and then the actor's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> 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 and then just kicks straight back into it. Dude, yeah.
0: that is, that yeah, is it's mental. Mild,
4: it's right? hectic. It's yeah. hectic stuff. It's, it's, it's hectic when it starts involving itself in your sensory experience, like your common sensory experience. It's not just like your... Uh, like you're not blasted somewhere else. Mm. Because even when you're blasted somewhere else, you definitely, it feels realer than that, obviously. Mm. But it's harder to, uh, or at least it bridges the realities together when you start, I think, uh, self-involving itself, like you start hearing those auditory hallucinations when you're hallucinating, meditating and stuff.
0: Sometimes it feels safer when you blast off somewhere else. Because it's like a totally different experience. When they start interfering and molding your reality now, That could be, yeah, very terrifying for some people.
4: But you have to invite it. That's the whole aspect of this intelligence thing as well. Is like if you're not inviting this stuff in, because you explain it and it sounds freaky and people are like, I don't have this. But if you don't want that, chances are it's not going to happen for you. Mm. Like you, the trip is going to work with you and at your level as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: So that's pretty interesting. You've got to invite. I think so. I I, I definitely... Have you had any experiences where something's coming that you have not invited and you can't get rid of it?
4: like um that i've not wanted you mean mm-hmm. i mean i've had bad trips but even for me the bad trips depends early day trips i definitely was not ready at all but i think subconsciously it's the direction i was pushing myself in so the ego conflicts with the subconscious and then i'm like i don't want this so i'm fighting it but then i ended up taking psychedelics for three years so obviously mm. i did want it to. Mm. um and i remember having a, a bad trip on mushrooms and I had no idea why. I just took the highest dose of mushrooms I'd ever taken on a how, day. How
0: many grams?
4: I, I can't remember. It was the rest of the bag I had. And <laughs> it, was, it, it was just like, I know this is the most a long shot. Wow. Well. And it was because I was bored. It was because um, I had nothing else to do that day. I had no preparation beforehand. Um, didn't feel like tripping that hard. Mm. Just like recipes for having a bad trip. And so it starts kicking in. I'm like, uh, I'm starting to hallucinate a little bit. And I'm like, mm. I hope it stays at this level. It's like obviously it's not. I just had the highest dose, um, and so obviously my ego is like, I'm. I don't want this to turn into a bad trip or a big mm. trip, but it did, and uh, so I had a bad trip. Obviously, until uh, my me- my friend messaged me said he was in the hospital. And I realised I'd screwed him over earlier. Yeah. So I just apologised to him, and like a uh, l- spell a bit the curse been lifted. This bad trip where I was feeling emotions I just couldn't handle. Mm. Suddenly, they lifted. As soon as I apologized, mm-hmm. and it was like I had created this experience for myself because I was hiding from something that I'd done in the past, and I just mm-hmm. wasn't facing it. So it's—I don't know. Personally, I don't think I've invited anything mm-hmm. that um, I haven't wanted.
2: How would you deal with it if something was to come in, like a demonic force or something? A demonic force I've, or uh, some some something that's not there for your best interest.
4: I've had contacts what seemed like a demonic force um, I was What
2: did it feel like?
4: I was meditating and um, it was a deep trip um, and as I was meditating I was taken to a, a, a very weird space, I remember my consciousness felt like it was split, being shot through these alien tunnels and it, it arrived in this red room and the voice said to me, it was like, do you want to see black magic? and I was so just gone, I was like, yeah sure I'll show you black magic I see this like fucking intense black square just appear before me. It's like spewing dark energy. Like happening. a cube or a square? Like, it's a square, it's a square. Okay. And the voice is like, now that you've seen this, you can never go to heaven. It was like, that was the price of seeing black magic. Really? Yeah, it was like, you can never go to heaven. So at first my instinct was like, oh shit, what have I done? And then I was like, oh no, you're a demonic force trying to give me a bad trip, trying to infect me with a negative idea, mm. fear. Oh man, that's a, that's a
1: crazy sense of
4: awareness. Yes, well, yeah. as soon as I had that, I started laughing. I was like, you gotta try way harder than that, bring it on. So I did it and then uh, this dark mass appeared before me and it was like, this is, it felt like the devil or some shit. And it was like, you're gonna have no choice. I'm gonna possess you now. It starts like just like coming into me. I can feel it coming into me but the whole time I'm just laughing and laughing and like, you got to like, bring it on, let's go, bitch. Um, and then it, it left. It was just, it, 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 like, it's trying to make you afraid because that's the energy that these frequencies or these entities live at, mm. is fear. So they're going to try and infect you with fear somehow. So as long as you stay positive, you're in a realm where they cannot exist and do not reside.
2: Well, it sounds like you have that awareness and that experience to obviously navigate those realms. Yeah. How about someone... You know, who, who's really you know, fascinated by the idea of psychedelics. They get into it. They're around people they don't really trust. Something comes up onto them like this. They're already predisposed to other emotional issues. How would they navigate themselves out of that? Like, how would they deal with something like that?
4: You have to expect these things to come.
2: You have to
4: understand how dark these trips can get. Mm-hmm. Because people think it's going to be the worst emotion they've ever experienced in their life it's not it's going to be a hundred times worse than anything you've ever experienced in your life if it's a bad trip yeah that's that's hard to digest exactly you have to know how high the stakes are because when you do you realize then what you have to get good at being positive not just in the trip but in sober reality you need to push yourself out of your um safety barrier safety zone i would say this is it wasn't my path but if I was to recommend it to somebody. I'd say, put yourself in situations where normally you're filled with fear and get used to being, thriving in that fear. Mm-hmm. Get used to being positive and maintaining a strong mind. When you can successfully do that, you can start having heavy trips.
2: What would mm-hmm. be the, like a situation that you'd recommend? Um, or, for, to yourself?
4: I don't know, let's say somebody has social anxiety. Throw yourself into a party that, with, around strangers mm-hmm. and get along well with somebody. Maybe you wanted to have a girlfriend for ages, start asking chicks out. You can get comfortable to, uh, if you can start shutting out this fear, this voice of fear and doubt in your social reality, chances are you'll be able to do it when you're drinking mm. as well. It's the same with meditation. When you're meditating, if you can get good at shutting out thoughts in general, then you're starting to learn mental control.
3: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's what my recommendation would be. Yeah. Mm. The one experience that I've had, well, I've got to say that it was kind of like, kind of having that sense of awareness it was like when we lived in um, Canningville, I think there was a point there was like a demonic entity or like something, it was just something weird, something strange that oh, was so Jesus. unfamiliar to me. Mm. And um, I, did, I had a, what's it called? Uh, oh, do, do, do keep it. What's yeah. that sleep where you, you're in a sleep state, but... Um,
2: sleep paralysis.
1: Sleep, sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah. I remember having sleep paralysis. There was this one specific night, and I had sleep paralysis, and I thought I was awake. So like I opened my eyes, but I couldn't move my body, and there was just something just so, so weird and so different about this experience. And I just remember sitting there. I was like, all right, this is just not, whatever this is, is not good. It's not good for me. It's mm. it's just like this something dark about this presence. And I just remember sitting like lying on that. Um, I, back then, I didn't have a bed, so it was a mattress on the floor. <laughs> oh, ghetto? <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. I was lying on the mattress, and I, was just, I just remember, like, saying, just reciting, I do not, I'm not afraid of you, I'm with God. I'm not afraid of you, I'm with God. I'm not afraid of you, I'm with God. Yeah. Like, a couple of minutes later, I just woke up. I was like, all right, this is, this is an interesting experience. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, a couple of days later, Brett, Brett mentions that um, one of our roommates and him had, like, a, um, weird experience, they had an experience with like a dark entity from Asia and I was like, oh, maybe that was it. Maybe I just didn't get to see it because I was in like a um, paralytic state. I think that was that was one of the points where it was just kind of like, okay, fear is such a, it's one of those things where if you, if you let it paralyze you, it can be decapitating and you're just inviting dark like, shitty things into your life, right? Mm-hmm. If you're able to like, Overwhelm the fear, or you're able to like conquer it, or you can be, or um, engross it with some sort of positive uh, posi- um, positivity. Yeah, you're able to like kind of move into like another state of like awareness. Yeah, and it was it was a it was definitely a weird experience, man. Like I, it was just never experienced anything like that before. That was like probably like, the first time, mm-hmm. and I say like that was the, probably the only time I've ever experienced like something, some sort of like dark energy. Right, yeah, right. right. Never
4: again. Does it have that vibe to it where uh, it's like supreme darkness or it's like, I don't know how to
1: explain but... It was just, it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was supreme darkness, but it was just something that like, something that intuitively I knew, like, Mm. this is, this is fucked. Like, this is not a good, um, this is not a good state to be in. Like, this is not a good place. Like, whatever is around, whatever, like energy is i'm being surrounded by at this point is not a good energy right yeah Yeah. like and i would never experienced sleep paralysis before that was the only time i've ever experienced sleep paralysis and um i think from other people's experiences where they they say that like they feel like people are sitting on their chests or Mm. someone was putting their hands around their necks Mm. I didn't get to experience anything like that, but just being in that state, like I knew there was something there. Maybe also because you were able to quickly go on to like, that right
4: headspace, you didn't invite it to go any further as well. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. 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 But 100%, I think that's it. Um, I think it's like, um, I think you can apply, That's the, the sick thing about psychedelics is you can apply all of this to life, so mm-hmm. it's like... Um, one of the ways we are way too caught up in um reality and wanting all this stuff is we're actually just afraid yeah and we want more stuff because we're trying to get this voice of fear out of us Mm. we're afraid of who we are we're afraid of the this this feeling of inadequacy being with us for the rest of our lives Um, and of course if that's the energy you're acting on when you're trying to manifest stuff then that fear manifests itself. And so you hear about it all the time. No matter how much you have, no matter what wealth you got, this guy is still miserable. Mm. Um, that's not to say wealth and the stuff is, is going to make you miserable. Yeah. But I think you need, what's more important than uh, getting stuff in the outside physical world is learning which voices to tune into here. Yeah. And to shut out that doubt, shut out that fear, mm. no matter what situation you're
0: in. Amen to that, man. That's fucking right on. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah.
1: Uh, what was your, like, pretty much this exact same question we um, started off with Hamid. What was, like, your ex- um, first experience, like, with, um, yeah, with um, LSD or mushrooms? The first one with I acid, it was pretty cool. Well,
4: that's actually a lie. The first one, um, somebody came over and they, I thought they were just smoking normal weed. It was synthetic weed. I yeah. think I told you, you about Yeah, the, the chronic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so having a... Big Ego at the time, I was like, oh, this guy's, you know, overreacting on weed, I'll take twice as much as he's got, and, you know, do it one hit, blast it off somewhere else. And um,
0: What do you think the chronic's made out of?
4: I don't know, man, that shit is evil, though. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah. it's, laughs> like, that trip was okay, but then I was addicted fast to it. Addicted? Because um, yeah. I, I didn't know where I was at. Is it, like,
0: plasticky, off. or, like...
4: Probably. Yeah. It is, I think so I think so it seemed like it yeah. um, but four trips on that I thought I was going to die for sure because oh, it, was wow. just, it was so negative that was mm. like I, thought I was like I was going to have a heart attack but acid my first proper synthetic weed yeah, trip, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> psychedelic trick um, and yeah. Uh, yeah it just taught me love which I'd mm. lost touch with for so long what,
0: what was your intention going into it because I know if your first time doing acid properly for a psychedelic adventure what was the thing that drew you to it like mm. was there some kind of a guiding factor in you saying I need to do this yeah. Well, or the sort of a random like...
4: This is what I was saying, Ahmad. Um It's like, uh, I, I had no idea consciously what I was doing. Mm. Um, but it's like, I think subconsciously I did. Because mm. I was just curious. Mm. I had this powerful synthetic weed trip and I was like, man, that was crazy. Didn't know we could even experience things like that now. I'll try every drug there is just to know what all the different experiences we can have is like. Mm. And then I had acid and it was like, stop poisoning your body, stop doing all this stuff. Like, uh, it's about getting in touch with-
0: The voice the, of reason. The
4: voice of reason and love. That was like the first, that was the first touch of it. But um, I think it was also because I was at a very negative headspace then. And because I was having these experiences which were blasting me off, they were showing me like my, the reality I'd molded for myself was very negative. Mm. And so obviously I'm having trips then that are like showing me, or oh, out of what I expected to be possible. So mm. that's hope, you know, that's like, that's beyond my negative reality Hope, yeah. yeah so i think that was my intention was that eventually these drugs would lead me to a better reality
2: mm. yeah. what does that reality look like to you
4: it's the one i was explaining it's a fearless reality yeah. i think it's a reality where you know fearless is fearlessness is different to caution um but it's a reality where you're not afraid of anything and i think all fear is a fear of death
2: mm. just you yeah. know at a deep through, level yeah, yeah through
4: yeah. disobedience so really, it's transcending our fear of death. And mm. psychedelics seem to actually teach us that death is nothing to be afraid of, at least, you know, from my experiences. It's, it's like, death is not what you expect it to be, and your life anyway. Life doesn't die. You'll always be life. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. Pretty
0: cool. The, yeah. Fear, the fear thing gets me the most, because I'm like, when I go out trying to do things, right, I got a huge amount of fear. Talking to women, there's fucking fear there. <laughs> yeah, talking, exactly. talk, talking in front of crowds, there's fear there. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I want to do workshops on spirituality. I'm just like, Cool, you to do this, You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. dork. Like, I have all these like negative voices and negative feelings that come up. And, and this guy had to literally drag me on stage for the first stand-up Shit. stand-up event, but I did it yeah, right. Excellent. Yeah. Did, did made the crowd go, go wild, man. But before I was like, kind of with I, I was like, man. the microphone. I'm shaking in the microphone. I'm like, Hello, everyone. Like, <laughs> yeah. legit. But like, I'm like, what the fuck is this fear? Like, but I can still. Like, it's very hard for me to. The older I get, like, when I was younger, I felt the fear. I didn't care. Right. I would go out and do it. But now I'm getting older, I'm like, fuck, I'm turning into my mother. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> all this anxiety and stuff is just crippling. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what, what how, how, would that ever go away? Or do you just have to keep pushing through it? Uh, you know? I mean, I
4: don't know.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But f- for you personally, have, have you felt that fear actually release from Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, I, I've at least felt it lessen significantly because mm. um, I had social anxiety before yep. tripping. Um, yeah. And then, after that I was I had a few trips I don't know it would take a while to break down obviously like the sort of things it was teaching Mm. but basically they explained why social anxiety doesn't even make sense rationally and so that was something that I always I would you know I got a girlfriend and she's wanting Mm. to go to parties and things like this so I'm like like, I don't want to do any of this shit (laughs) 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 and then I'm in a party and Mm. uh, I'm just like going over my psychedelic trip and like remember why this is irrational calm down bro it's all good and eventually you, it becomes a pattern to keep falling back to that. Yeah. And you know, I go to a party now and it's like, I know it'll be G because it's been G all these other times, I'm mm. fine always. Yeah. That anxiety has gone. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. It's what I was saying before, you keep throwing yourself into it and then yeah. you get used to it. Mm. I
2: kind of see it different to you though, in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to go to parties and how I deal with my social anxiety is I actually go there and talk to no one. Sure. Talk to what? I talk to no one. Okay. Because I think the idea of social anxiety stems from that you have to go socialize. Yeah, sure. So when I go there, I'm like, I don't have to actually talk to anyone. Absolutely. But when I push myself to having to do it so I can become someone so I'm liked, yep. that's what my body starts signaling me with emotions, and then I label that social anxiety. Right. However, when I go, once I've accepted that part of myself, I it's like, I don't have to talk shit. I don't have to do anything. Yep. Mm then i become, i come to a different space a different state of consciousness like oh i actually want to talk to yeah. this person yes. i actually yeah. want to socialize yeah. and this yeah. happens to me when i go to uh my daughter's daycare classes there's all these parents over there i was like oh i should go talk to everyone make friends and i was like no i don't need to talk to anyone and it's weird when i push myself to talk to people from a place of um you could call it social anxiety the crows start quacking. Yeah. The crows go wah, wah, wah. It's almost like they're signaling me something, like a very you know, disruptive voice. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to do this? Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: And that changed over the course of a few weeks. I went there and I was like, wait, actually, I'm interested in this person's life. Right. And I'd go talk to them, I'd actually be interested. I wasn't being fake to them. Yeah. So like, I think that's something I would recommend to people is like, you really don't have to do anything.
4: I think I Do you know what I mean, I mean yeah, no, in, I totally in a sense?
2: like, yeah. I mean, it worked for me yeah. because you know, I, I went clubbing the other day alone. Yeah. And um, I, I just I, I didn't have to make friends or anything. I was dancing, I was doing my own thing. I was like like the man with the yes. beard just like there <laughs> yeah. 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 In, in a club yeah. like moving around. And like it, it just felt great, that liberation where it's just like, I can go to a party, I can go to a gathering, and I can just sit there eating my steak.
3: Because
2: yeah. I feel a certain types of conversations are just happening because they're too scared of the silence there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It makes sense to obviously talk in a podcast. I wonder not just gonna sit here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to talk, <laughs> you know. But more, more, or less in my private practice, what I do, like these little experiments that I put myself through, is like little activities like these. To, to point out your question before, mm. if you don't mind, I point out certain things.
0: God, yeah, you're talking about hard.
2: how you can face your fear, mm. and I notice, like in your language, you saying, I have social anxiety, I have fear, I have fear of talking to women, mm. and you, you, you've put yourself in this matrix of thinking because you've associated certain emotions with the eye mm. and now when you go into these situations it's almost like yeah. you become that person because you're I in that matrix that of good. thinking yeah where it's like maybe look at it in another perspective where it's like you're just feeling information coming into your body mm. like when you see a hot chick or a good-looking man and you're talking to them you're just feeling information coming up but mm. then as soon as you label it and then you identify with it you become it
0: that's you know true. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree so with you it's like 100%. It's sort of
2: breaking the I that identifies with things mm. and mm. realizing that the perhaps the true you, the infinite you, the whole you, is able to feel all these things yeah. and it just passes through. Mm. That's it.
1: So, would, would part of that transformation be changing the language that.
2: The language yeah, is the key. The, okay. the language is the key. As soon as you say I, like, I don't like chicken, it's like there's. There's so much different types of chicken. <laughs> how could you say that? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, So it's it's just identify with this, this this mental paradigm and I think that can be very limiting for people. Yeah. Mm. Because you you think it what you think you become, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well definitely. Yeah. But how would you what, do you have examples of what um, what would you, you what you would change that language to for your so, someone who has no idea how to kind of break that paradigm of thinking?
2: Yeah. I would. Well, I think it's an awareness, number one. Awareness of, number one, being grounded in the, the, the true infinite you. Yeah. And when thoughts of inadequacy arise, like, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, that's an illusion. Because the infinite you is good enough, it is everything. It is also not good enough, too. But if you identify with the not good enough part, you're going to create that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's more or less just a layer of awareness, like watching these thoughts go past.
4: How about if somebody's attached too much to their ego, so if they want, like, if they're, like, um, wanting something, like a particular outcome, really badly, where they can't let go of that, so it's like, let's say, in the situation of social anxiety, they go in there and they're like, I have to be sociable, which, of course, is the main problem. I have to be sociable and they can't let go of that because they are attached too much to the idea or like they go into to a pretty chick she has to accept me because i might not be these thoughts of fear but i want to be the guy who all the chicks are into or something like that yeah how, yeah. how, do, you that? how do you go about that
2: well you get to the root cause of why you need those women in your life mm-hmm. or why you need them or why you need their validation mm-hmm. and when you get to the root cause you realize oh wow like i was just chasing uh to fill up this idea of inadequacy within myself and then you probably won't be interested in those women mm. You probably just feel like it is normal women mm. I've seen it happen so many times I've seen women and I'm like they're the most attractive uh, you know women I can see on the planet you feel this strong urge towards them and as soon as you realize that woman is reflecting to me a part of me who I've lost and you embody it and you just integrate it boom that woman doesn't have that magnetic pull towards you anymore. It's just a normal woman again.
3: Mm.
2: So I I believe people are mirrors, and you can use this as a really powerful tool when you go out, like especially when you see really attractive people that just make you lose, you know, all footing. Yes, No. I (laughs) I flip. It's something you have to ask yourself like, what is this woman reflecting to me, or what is this male reflecting to me that I've lost, or I've given up? Right. And usually the answer will come to you. The mind's beautiful in that. it will tell you it's a command you just gotta command it yeah you gotta sort of it's like a child man mm-hmm. you gotta kind of teach it right yeah well i think
4: the key there as well as the fact that the outside world is your reflection exactly um, and that's where if there's an issue that is literally a reflection being made to point out that within yourself
3: mm-hmm. so
4: it's like um uh, especially you can notice it with anger and things like that I like guess the whole idea of shadow work is if somebody triggers you gets you upset it's a very instant quick way for you to realize what emotions within yourself you are subduing and not allowing mm. and uh have a problem with you know let's say early in your childhood you're really outgoing and outspoken and then you said something that was wrong
3: mm. and
4: so then you were shut down hard then you associate outgoing and outspoken with that punishment so you yeah. get somebody else like that and you're like, oh, I don't like that mm. but the issue is that's not what you don't like, it's something that happened in your childhood mm. and so it's actually uh, I, I think when we see these things, it's an invitation to find quality within us that we're also missing mm. because we shut down too much within ourselves mm. if that, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: that comes back to what you were saying about the sleep paralysis yeah. Is that I think uh, society generally has uh, this inclination to tuck away our dark side, right? And those can just be things like you're mentioning about certain emotions or certain past events that have happened and we feel like we'll be shamed or judged or we fear to bring those parts out. And we tuck them away and it becomes a dark side. And the more we tuck it, the more powerful your shadow becomes because you're not shedding your awareness on it. You're not shedding the light of your your being on it. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And that force, I, I believe within that energy there is inhabitants right. paranormal inhabitants right. and they then control your behaviors direct you feed off other people manipulate this and that so my recommendation for my, my own self or if i had kids or you know close friends i would let tell them that become friends with the darkness Because uh, only when you can walk in the dark you can understand the terrain you can understand the obstacles and how you fight the dark is you need to know the dark, mm. right? Mm. And you realise then you don't have to fight it, that this is actually a tool, an ally. Mm. And it's not really dark, it's just unexpressed light. Mm. Okay. Yeah. One thing I actually do is I, I go for night hikes. Scary shit bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro. It's scary shit. But I go with proper tools and gear, make sure I've got a knife, we've got a powerful torch, backup torch, yep. water. I know the route that i'm going through and it it's, it really plays on you it really really does play on you that's like uh, things come out like in your head but again like you said the mirror reality like you mm-hmm. feel like there's something going to come out of the bush you know and but that's really you entering a dark space in your mind yeah. and when you're traveling those realms of consciousness you feel like something's going to come out in your head and then you shut yourselves off from those um, areas of mind yeah. and hence why psychedelics are so powerful because they can actively open it, yeah. but you can do it yourself just through these little training practices of not fearing the dark.
3: Mm.
1: But Speaking about kids, the one question I wanted to ask is, would you let your kids uh, partake in psychedelics, and if so, at what age would you let them experience it? That's
2: a good question. I would only let my child take psychedelics under... Uh, <clears throat> very specific circumstances number 1 know the product yeah it has to be in a legal safe environment i need to trust the product that's the key you know yeah 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 who is it coming from what is mm-hmm. it what's in it who's handling it right
1: yeah 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 that's true. yeah
2: two the practitioner who are you sitting with are you going out in nature alone let me know where you are. If you need anything, you call me. I'm a call away. I want to have that relationship with my child. Anything happens. 4 a.m. You're out clubbing. Something happens. I want to be the first person you call. And I would not judge you for that. I want to be like a friend, you know. And I, I, I say that to my friends too. If shit hits the fan, you call me. I'll come pick you up. No questions asked. I'll wake up out of my bed and pick you up. Know the pr- practitioner. I would love to facilitate my own kid. Yeah. After it's at a specific age, what I'd say. Age would that be? Everyone's different. yeah I think um, f- three months is something. <laughs> 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 no, I would say, um, reasonably, I'd say something more like uh, w- where the brain's developed to a certain level where well, it can cope. Well,
4: isn't that what the shamans do, though? Or certain shamans, they're like, as soon as they're out of the womb,
0: they're
2: like. It's weird. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kids, wild, literally, wild. they get a teaspoon yeah. of ayahuasca. I'm kind of like, bro, what? Yeah. This is wild, man. Put it
0: at the perfect time. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it with my baby, though. But, uh. yeah, nah.
4: I mean, the thing is, like, look, I'm, I I wouldn't myself do it at a age that most people would deem unreasonable. Yeah. Because I'd be experimenting with, like, the most value thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but Someone else's kid, though.
4: <laughs> 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 I mean, I, want, I want someone else to do it, because it's like, I feel we're... The psychedelic space that throws into you, like we're afraid, okay, it's going to put him into like a like, you give it to him too young, give in a psychosis. That psychosis is probably him just integrating that mm. psychedelic realm at an age mm. younger than everybody else. Yeah, he might actually be like super connected, super grounded because he's at a young age tuned into information that keeps him uh separated from all the bullshit that's indoctrinated in us. You know, mm. that's that's mm-hmm. the thing, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, look, I wouldn't do it with my kid, but if somebody did i wouldn't judge him i can understand
2: that to you'd have to ask like why the kid wants to do it like yeah. it's not, i don't think it should be a parent thing too like it's like you have to do it now it's initiation time it's yeah, like no yeah. i just want to play xbox dad like come on <laughs> <laughs> the, the kid really has to come with its own intuitive calling to it yeah and if it's something it really wants to try i'll damn well hold space for it yeah her or him whatever it is mm. right like I'd rather you do it in my comfort, in my space, well, than going out somewhere in a club or somewhere unsafe and doing it because that's, no. that's, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah, that's yeah, a recipe of disaster. Yeah, yeah. So I think it depends on why the kid wants to do it. Yeah. Intuitively, are you ready to do it? Do you feel you're ready to do it? And then as a, a father, I would intuitively have to feel into like, Okay, where's this kid at psychologically, emotionally? Yeah. Is well. it the right time? What dosage? Very light dosage. Can I create that psychedelic experience through just, you know, Not even psychedelic, but dancing, rhythmic trance dancing, fires, um, breathing techniques.
4: Would you rather them not do psychedelics if they could do it naturally?
2: No, I I would. (laughs) Psychedelics have a special place in my heart, but I I got a deep and profound respect for them, but at the same time, I got a, uh, you know, this sense of uh, these are really powerful tools and they're not to be taken lightly, especially with the children that are coming up nowadays. Parents being more aware, create a program within the child that allows a child to explore more of its mind, meaning that the child has more psychic capacity. When the child will take psychedelic, it's gonna go deeper than like, for example, someone who's got a lot of shadow work to do. So that's something that you really have to be careful of because there's a lot of fucking energy flowing. So could I achieve the same thing with my child taking it for a run? Yeah, I'd, I'd really like her to naturally, or her him to naturally understand that territory first. Mm. Mm. Map it, become yes. comfortable with it. And then if you really, really want to take it, give the dealer a call. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, <that>, brother? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But like, let's say, um, he's been like, watching a whole bunch of stuff stuff on YouTube, he's been reading a whole bunch of stuff on the internet, and it's a smart kid, um, he she is a smart kid. And let's say it gets to the age of thirteen, fourteen, like before they even hit the teens, and they're like, "All right, like I feel like I'm, I know enough and I understand enough to try and venture into like mm. this world." Like, what would you say? And
2: I think as a, as a, as a father and a mother, you'd have to sit down. Essentially, you, you father and mother are the gatekeepers at that time. Yeah. And it's not just because if a child says I want to have it, like you could be like, all right, I'll hold space for you. You gotta, you gotta really be able to feel into it, to be like, no, it's not time for you to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but and also, and
4: also have the trust with them that if you say no, they're not gonna go behind your back. Exactly,
2: exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a big one too. Yeah, yeah. I try to just do it more naturally. You know, maybe go out camping. Yeah, six yeah, yeah. days. You know, six nights isolation, and and really. Yeah, try to create it naturally rather than having to go through that medium first
1: yeah
2: yeah I, I would have them as a last resort yeah last resort definitely at that age yes definitely yeah,
1: yeah. how about you Jack um
2: I think I'd be the
4: same I think I'd be the same I think um I wouldn't want um, the last thing I'd want for them is like for me to go like nah and then they'll be like well I'm gonna do it anyway yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. like con, it's like hard yeah. up. It's <laughs> like live the cone. Come on. Because <laughs> uh, I actually at working uh, at the place I do. Yeah. Um, you know, we normally talk to the customers. We have like quite a lot of customers who are into psychedelics. And um, I did meet one dad who was—he was a sick guy, but he mm. just wasn't quite getting it with his son, where he mm. wanted his son was doing DMT, and he was young. He was like. 16, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. And and the father was into DMT and stuff. You could tell he was an influence, but he didn't want his son doing it. And he didn't want him doing it the way he was doing it because he was doing it with his friends in the back shed sort of thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And he was powerless. No matter what he said, his son was going to do it. So hmm. I, I think if you have the sort of relationship where they trust you, I'd be like, mm, no, let's try and find other means. If I thought they are going to do it anyway, um, I would... I'd really... I wouldn't want them to go astray, and they couldn't mm-hmm. go astray because so I yeah, not yeah. powerful. Yeah,
2: and yeah. They, can, they take it away. Yeah.
4: So I would say let's start off with some microdose levels,
2: and mm-hmm. let's
4: let's stay there for this year. Mm. And then we'll see where
2: you are at. Yeah, next year. gradually build up. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably just dry up portobello mushrooms. Yeah, and give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is the strongest yeah. shit, you know. <laughs> but I create a really like safe space yeah. where yeah. she can like really like actually placebo herself yeah. into it. Yeah. And once she's like, I start seeing things, Dad. After I'd be like, that was the power of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but she never trust me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 would
1: be um hard, but different well what age would you recommend for like for someone to
2: so subjective bro yeah it's so dependent on the psychology of the of the kid or the person where they are like this there's, there's so many factors you'd have to take there would not be not one answer for it because it's like society
4: you, you they're expecting you to say 18 or whatever. yeah that's like the answer that you, yeah, you're yeah. naturally going to give because that's kind of what you've been conditioned to mm. give but it's true everybody's mm. different like I was ready for psychedelics at a very different age to people because I did it quite a bit older than most people yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah so how it goes. D- there's
2: grown-ass men who i wouldn't recommend take psychedelics yeah, exactly. now you know people in their 40s and their 50s i'm like nah you you, you, you stay, stay away from yeah, that please yeah. you know yeah mm-hmm. so it's very subjective yeah,
1: yeah very yeah, subjective yeah. i agree with that because i i think i had my first trip when i was 19 yeah and that was like um an acid trip and i enjoyed it like that was my first experience of psychedelics and i was like damn like the, my whole perspective changed. I was like, holy shit! Mm. But the person I was with was not having a great time.
3: Mm.
1: So I was like, okay. So it was good. It was a good reflection because I could see both sides. Mm. So even though I was having a phenomenal time, like I was, I was loving the place that I was. The person who was with me was having like a terrible trip, <laughs> and it was it was pretty hard to like take that person out of that loop. I was like, all right, but it's all right. We we'll just chill. We we'll go to sleep. Tomorrow will be okay. Mm. Um, But from that experience, I went into like um, reading a whole bunch of experiences on heroin about like DMT and shrooms and stuff like that. And I heard read the DMT trip, I was like, nah, like there's no way I'm going to do this until I'm like 23, 24, Mm. when I've experienced enough of life so I could have a better understanding of what um, the DMT was trying to tell me. And I I stuck to that. I didn't do it until I was like 23. And I've got to say that was probably, that was a very good decision because the experiences I had through like those five years, and I took the time to kind of learn a little bit more, um, and obviously just because it's five years, just experience a little bit more of life, yeah, more life experience. And like that, the, that's why I, I believe the DMT trip that I had was just so profound, mm. because I took my time to like go through like other psychedelics before I could go straight to the deep end. That's mm. you know, yeah. so why I did like, shrooms a little bit, and did a couple of sessions of shrooms, to be honest, I think they were, I've only done probably assume, three times. Mm-hmm. First time was amazing. The other times, like, I candy flipped and I was cooked on ask- yeah. cook the ice the first. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was the same thing. Like, um, um, even though we candy flipped, I think it was myself and a couple of my other mates, they were having a weird time. Like, they were just having a terrible time. And meanwhile, I was just like, chilling there, cruising, just enjoying the experience because I think, I'm not sure if I just knew what I was going to experience or they, or I just wasn't terrified of what I was seeing because, you know, when you're seeing, when you're on acid, like, because it was also Halloween, so people were wearing costumes uh. and shit, like, it was in the <laughs> yeah. middle of, like, a, like, hundreds of people and everyone was wearing costumes, just looking at people and, like, the faces are morphing and stuff like that it was messed up yeah so it was messed up and so some people like the people are particular it with are freaking out i was like damn yeah, that's fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> you see know what i mean like just going there and you're just experiencing things without i think what when you said like you're reflecting what um it's a reflection of your own mind i think that's when i was like all right cool like I'm not afraid of what I'm seeing because I know at the end of the day it's going to be finished. Like tomorrow I'm going to be okay. Like mm-hmm. there's The chances of me like dying off this is like slim to none. Yeah. And I've already experienced it before, so I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but I think...
2: What about losing your mind, though?
4: But yeah, well, that's, yeah. A, that's a fear that like, a lot of people ask beforehand as well, especially with DMT. I think you asked it to me last time. Yeah. Well, uh, you get lost in there forever.
0: Yeah. Well, when I first had a pure devil press Batman, which was laced with some kind of psychedelic, which was a really shitty version of LSD. I actually thought what was it? it was a Batman, a yeah. double pressed Batman. But it was, it's, it's some, it was I think Batman. it's PCP or something. I don't know. Uh, it's okay. like really, it's a shitty synthetic version of LSD. Yeah. But I took that and I thought I lost my mind halfway through. Right. I was like literally getting prepared to call my parents the next day and be like, I'm going into an institution <laughs> <laughs> and I will live there from now on. And I literally had this fear of Brett. You fucked up your whole life. You yeah. like you, because I felt like I was a, a retard. I was in the back <laughs> backseat of my friend's car looking at the window and I was, just, I felt like I was just like one of those guys that you see in the movies like I thought it was over for me man yeah. but I remember the second that it wore off I was sitting in this guy's house the second that it wore off I took a deep breath and I'm like oh, I'm back You know like, I was like thank God because like, right before then it was just weird man my thoughts were cooked but the thing that was really strange I found I thought I was losing my mind and I was going to be some form of neurotic for, forever yeah. but I could still hold conversations with people and I could still express myself and articulate yeah. but I wasn't aware of my, why couldn't I merge those worlds together I think they were just, just my crippling um, an experience of anxiety that, 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 was, that was brought up to the surface of which I experienced you know, very subtly on a day-to-day basis but with the, the drug it brought it up right to the forefront and said you've got to deal with this right. yeah. right. even if you think you're going to be Ill, retarded <laughs> it's not the best word <laughs> you're not because you're not paying attention <laughs> right. to the details because you can articulate and you can hold conversations and you can still totally express how you're feeling yeah. that's nothing because you, it's just a feeling that I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: When you, but wait, when you say it was bringing up your social anxiety to the surface, what do you mean? Like
0: how well, because I, I was experiencing myself, I'm like, okay, I'm actually d- disabled now. You know what I mean? I, I can't function <laughs> as a normal human being anymore. But the thing is, as I was experiencing that feeling and that, that thought pattern, I was still articulating myself. I was still navigating. Oh, I was still holding see, conversations. Yeah, and I was still, yeah, yeah. People didn't even know that I was on drugs. Right. And, but I didn't compute those two things together saying, hang on a second, you can act. But it's just, yeah. that feeling was so strong okay, yeah, that I, I was like, yeah, yeah. I can't live with this feeling, I get you. essentially, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. 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 Same day, was, Yeah. We, we both this,
0: We all had the same drug. So, and yeah. me and him had a really bad experience. But the other guys, it was fine. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, this, this guy was <laughs> pulling face up at me in the car. <laughs> and I was literally like, bro, don't fucking do that. <laughs> He's like, what's the big deal, man? Like, <laughs> and then like we'd be talking, and he'd to stop talking. and like be like, <laughs> like really trying to fuck with my head.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, it was that was actually like really affected me like so bad, man. Because like, his would be warping and shit, and yeah. I was like, fucking the demon, like. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> So that is, that's how you process it when people
0: start fucking with you. It feels like a yeah. whole different thing. Yeah, dude. I was just not. Yeah. yeah, dude. It was it was just yep. But yep. Uh, so I bumped into this chick. Um, I was into to this retreat with, and she was saying that there was this guy dressing up as the Grim Reaper, walking up and down the streets late at night. <laughs> and uh, she's driving home. Like I think she had a fest with her friends, and she's like, "Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's the Grim Reaper." <laughs> And she thought she was like, that's the fucking Grim She thought it was legitimately the Grim Reaper. And then she's like, what she told, like, I think she, she was so terrified she had to call her, like, one of her parents to come and help her, like, get out of the car and shit. And then she, she saw on the news that there was actually some kid dressing up as uh, the Grim Reaper. She's like, oh, fuck, I, I, I didn't see the real Grim Reaper, but, like, she really believed, like, that was the fucking Grim Reaper. But um, sometimes the paranoid state of these drugs can get you.
4: Well, thats it's, it's almost like they're not paranoid either. Like, I feel like when you're tripping, you can see some shit where, where it's just like, you know you're not going to remember it. Like I'm sure I've seen shit which I've totally repressed and forgotten about, yeah. and it's crazy stuff. And I feel like she may have, for whatever reason, needed to see the grim reaper in her experience mm. in, in, during her trip, yeah. but that's her subconscious communicating something. To Definitely, remember. yeah. And then she sobers up, that's got to make sense in this reality now Mm. and so on the news almost as if she's meant to see it just to make sense of everything oh there's kids wearing a Mm, costume mm. I know it sounds crazy but it's it's always it just seems like
0: that sounds right on man
4: I don't know I don't know it seems like weird shit happens during trips Mm. and then um when I sober up I don't, I don't know there's always a way where it's kind of like swept on the rug somehow yeah yeah
0: no no you, you, this is your story continue so I, I,
4: was, I was just going to say I remember um, early days of tripping like weird things would happen I was with my friend mm. and then suddenly the rug in our room in my room sorry was uh, my dad came home this is when I was with my dad my dad came home and he's like why is the rug in the bin like we had a solo bin in the front we're like both of us he's barely tripping I'm tripping
0: the rug, um, the rug in your was, room, in my room, it was rolled up and in the bin. In
4: the bin, <laughs> and we're like, I don't know. Like, I'm obviously tripping, so I guess I did it, but I have no recollection of when. He's barely tripping. He's like, I don't remember doing that at all, but we did it at some point. That's trippy. Yeah, you know, it's weird shit like that
0: sometimes. Things like that, right? I think there's like some kind of a dimensional shift because like, yeah. I experienced it on this on the weekend. Like when someone finished talking, everyone claps to end to end it, and um, some person went to go clap to end it. And someone's like, no, no, we already ended it. And I was like, I don't remember ending that. You know what I
3: mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't either. So I was like, maybe
0: half of us a effect. came from a different, yeah, a Mandela yeah. effect, different, different dimension. And maybe that rug was like, yeah you jump dimensions and the rug was already in the bin, but you don't remember doing it. But that's out there, but, like, it's possible, man. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's,
4: yeah. yeah, I think it's something like that. Like, we we'll were talking about yeah. the War of Attraction last time, how you, like, just aligning different parallel
0: universes. But then someone with dementia could say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone with dementia could say the same thing. Like, oh, no,
1: I just... I'm not I just, <laughs> just
0: jump dimensions. <laughs> dimensions. Like, all right, Sue, so get back into bed <laughs> and lock the door.
1: <laughs>
0: but, like... We don't have dementia, obviously, but, like... People could use that argument. But I have that same thing in my head, right, where I, if I have a really amazing experience on psychic legs or whatever, I kind of my sober self and I imagine, like, I view my own thoughts and my own experience through the eyes of a very cynical, like, proper PC judge. If that makes sense?
3: Yeah.
0: You don't just say a story like, oh, that, that sounds really crazy. But to me, it makes perfect sense. But I say it, it sounds really crazy. So other people, and just in case they're thinking that it sounds oh, crazy yeah, as well, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like say, yeah. I'm catering my, my thoughts to someone's perceived thoughts right. of my experience. Why, you know what why I mean? you do that? I don't know I think it's like I call myself crazy before they call me crazy yeah yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a de, it, defence mechanism I think it's a defence mechanism yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Well, well also because you're,
0: you're tri- <laughs> to look at me like that no, 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 I'm, I'm <laughs>
2: interested I'm actually intrigued why uh,
0: honestly it's um, <clears throat> to be honest I actually I actually wouldn't know why it's well, I'd say you do it's a defence mechanism it's a de- what are you defending yourself from um pretty judgement you know what I mean yeah, in case yeah. someone be like oh this guy's I'm Mm. cooked. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not. I'm not cooked. I can think like you too. (laughs) There's two of me.
2: You know what I mean? (laughs) What 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 happens if you're cooked, though? Like, what if someone thinks you're cooked? What happens?
0: Well, to be honest, nothing. And I'm I'm sure that people already do think I'm pretty cooked. Mm. If they took the time to listen. Well, I
4: mean, it could be a form of manipulation as well. Because, like, all right, you're saying something. You don't think it's crazy, Mm. but then that person might. How do I get them to believe what I believe? You Mm. say, oh, I know it sounds crazy. Uh, you're, you're hearing it, it sounds crazy, it sounds crazy to me. Mm. Even though we're the same, I still believe this, this is why. So it oh, kind of oh, just okay, like yeah. brings down that defense mechanism yeah. the, on their half as well, the, you know.
0: That's that, that actually much better, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. helping them perceive your, your point of view, mm. rather than going too far down the, a path that they can't really mm. exactly yeah. really go down, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's because, like, I think I tend to do that as well. It's just more like, oh, this might sound a little bit woo-woo. I know what like you that. mean. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. You like to buy insurance before you speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? like <laughs> mm-hmm. In case yeah. they, they judge you. Yeah. Yeah. But do, do you guys see that as, like a, as a program? Do you know what I mean? Like a matrix program where it's like, maybe there's a part of you that can experience all these things. Parallel realities, dimensional mm-hmm. jumps. But part of the control program is oh, like yeah, putting this little yeah, virus yeah, in there that. Yeah. that's crazy. The yeah. second you enter that territory, you're crazy. And then you shut yourself off from it. Like you pretty much limit yourself in, in a way right mm. yeah. because yeah. essentially it doesn't matter if you think I'm crazy if I'm seeing results in my life of, of what I believe in I should be grounded in that right yeah
1: that's very true but mm. I, th-
2: I think this is where that program comes in yeah. but who's creating the program
1: yeah you know that's a good question
2: who's, who do you think is creating this program I
4: agree I believe we're like imagination machines mm. and we've got like untapped potential to manifest infinite realities. The imagination is every potential reality out there that you tapped into, and it's infinite beyond your comprehension. So we're affected with these ideas like you can't do this, you can't do that, that's a very simple version of it, when it's like yeah you can, like you can do whatever you want, like you're a a hectic imagination machine. But, yeah, these ideas come down. And it's these ideas that construct your reality. Mm. They literally sculpt the reality you're in. And I think this is like the whole uh, heaven and hell argument. This is angels and and demons. They're on a metaphysical battleground over these imagination machines trying to manifest a particular reality, whether it's good or bad, whatever Mm. that means. I I don't know. That's actually just probably more of a sci-fi idea I
0: had. no, I you buy it insurance stuff.
4: Yeah, a lot. Hey, hey, insurance? insurance, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. yeah, yeah. manipulating yeah. us. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, yeah. as humans, we've imagined ourselves into limitation, right? And this is the reality we've created, where it's like we we ended up creating all these systems, yeah. that block ourselves off because we wanted, like, as a as a omnipresent being, a omnipotent being we wanted to experience limitation. Yeah. And now it's like, can you break out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can your awareness break out of it?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's an interesting way to, to, to look at things.
4: And it's probably in a journey of, um, of learning the self, where it's like if you're, let's say, you never learned darkness or hardship in your life, mm.
3: there's
4: a whole quality of yourself that you can't see. And you also don't, you don't get the opportunity to step outside of where you were at to look and see who you were and what it means. And uh, I think probably, or possibly, the reason why we have created a limited reality for ourselves is to actually transcend it again.
3: Mm. Mm. We can return
4: yeah. back to where we were and understand who we are now. Mm. Right. That's, I, I think, anyway. Yeah.
2: Mm. That's powerful. Yeah. There's a story. Um, April twelfth, 1831, um, 74 riflemen from the 60th Battalion um, through their synchronized step collapsed the broughton bridge in the uk yeah. and it was believed that because their steps were so synchronized it actually wobbled the bridge and the bridge collapsed because of that um that vibration going through it and i, I see the same as like humanity as like once humanity synchronizes
3: mm-hmm.
2: on a certain level and they unify that's when we start reaching like infinite levels of consciousness. But there is an aspect of consciousness that feeds off dividing ourselves. Mm. Right? And that can be shown in governments, that can be shown in tyrants, that can be shown in ourselves. Mm. And we get stuck in that. And it's only if we realize, hey, no, we just... That's an illusion. Can we tap into that synchronized step? Move into this reality together? Mm. It's weird.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it is. And I feel like times like this is when is most difficult because there's just so much division in so many different planes and so many different elements like you just don't realize i think now it's been brought up to life Because yeah. i mean like even back home in kenya even though we're all kenyan every, every single one of us is kenyan some way somehow there's some level of division that's been implanted in us mm. So because i'm from this tribe you're from that yeah. tribe we're different you know like before because I'm Kenyan in Europe or Uganda or blah blah blah, blah. Mm. we're different then that that division like even though we are all technically the same like when you when you leave when you leave the, when you leave Kenya and then you go to a Western country all of a sudden there's another element another another layer of division that's been added on and then as, as you start thinking for yourself it's another layer of division that's adding on like how, what would you say to someone like, who's, who sees all of this, but is trying to like, find a good middle ground to pull everyone, to kind of see kind of, that we're all the same, like we're all striving towards, like attaining that infinite consciousness. What would you say to that, that person? <laughs> Take the lead. <laughs> I don't know, to
4: be honest. Um, because uh, I think that's the whole struggle. It's, it's way easier to do it by yourself. Um, I think it would be way easier to just like forget society, become a nomad, and mm. um, you know transcend it by yourself. But the problem is, it's whole, we have to play this manipulation game mm. in order to get other people on board. You have to kind of get yourself at that level a little, a little bit, mm. in order to translate
1: that higher message. And it's kind of a game of not getting lost there as well. Yeah. Because once you get lost there, you start feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm different now. You know, like, I've, I've I've attained this certain amount of knowledge, or I've attained this certain amount of, like, conscious understanding. So because you feel that way, you start feeling that, even though it is part of your ego, like, you're, it's part of your ego to feel like, oh, yeah, I've attained this knowledge, so I feel like I've... I've I'm a little bit higher. My vibration is a little bit higher. Like a yeah. superiority complex. Superiority yeah, complex. Well,
4: I think um, if there's ever any signs of that, you're probably like the person's way off. Um, like, because I've heard of, um, uh, can't remember. It's probably in um, Buddhism where like the guy who um, becomes singularity, who, who transcends himself. He like the day before he's at the shops. He. That, that night he transcends reality, the morning after he's at the shops. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes in him. It's an understanding of where he was at, and so he feels no need to change anything, mm-hmm. uh, possibly. So if that's um, the case, obviously it's probably going to be a very slow um, build. It's not going to be somebody lifts us out, yeah. like Jesus Christ. It's going to be, we all have to set an example, mm-hmm. but. Can't be like, yo, like my life is fantastic now. Like, my every like, uh, look at all this money I've got, you know, all these things. That's not not it.
1: yeah. So, it's gonna be very slow for me, in my opinion, anyway.
2: What was the question?
1: (laughs) If you're, um, if if you're seeing all this division in the world and all these layers of division, and you're aware about this, all all these layers of division, um, how would you go about to someone to say, all right, all these divisions are all an illusion and. We're all trying to achieve infinite consciousness. The only way for us to do that is to kind of function as one.
2: Well, I wouldn't say it to anyone, because no matter how much you point it out to them, they're not going to be able to see it. I think you just have to lead by example, right? Yeah. Because you you, you can tell someone, you can break their programming down to them, but until they see it, they're going to continuously operate in it. So, again, I believe you'd have to just lead by example, and that's through your actions, how you treat them, how you see people of... Uh, different casts and different backgrounds and different beliefs and that's that's essentially it like you'd be a, a role model for them I'd say mm. cool. okay. yeah.
0: I think art will be a big one as well mm. you know whether it's a painting or a movie or a poem or something that really helps people go down a journey of emotion where they can really open up and then have the message hit them when they're in that open state mm. is, is really powerful you know and that's pretty what, what you guys are doing with the YouTube channel you're telling stories disco shaman is you know because you want
2: what is your mission in disco shaman like just give entertainment to the world entertainment just give laughs you know what i mean just enjoy life and just to share a perspective of reality that's not that's that's not limiting yeah
3: yeah, in a
2: sense that's a bit more Mm. nourishing that's it create media do comedy jokes travel explore Mm. have fun with it Beautiful.
1: You yeah. can definitely see that, yeah. I yeah. read the blog article and I was like, yeah, this is, this is definitely helpful. Yeah. Oh, did you
2: read yeah. that blog today? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was like a good combination of like humor, but you could just tell there's um, very deep intellect in it. There's a deep message in it. As mm. well. And then it just comes across in like the whole Disco Shaman. Mm. That's a good uh, platform. You can, see, you can see that, especially even the, um, I think it was the trailer you have. It's very thought-provoking and it's... Um, there's a there's an element in it where it's just kind of like wow okay I am I want to see like more like what is what is he trying to well, you can tell what you're trying to portray mm. but you kind of want to know what's the back- background what's, what's his experiences mm. like and what what can you you know there's more learning to go to go into because just the language that is being used even though it's very capturing it's kind of like you wanna know
2: more for yourself. Yeah, I'm yeah. Well, glad, I mean, it came off as that. And just for the viewers who um, didn't read the blog, the blog was more about, uh, I made this decision to leave Australia.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, after university, I graduated and I, I was traveling in and out of Peru, did multiple trips um, back to South America and back. And every time I was in Peru, dude, I just felt this sense of peace, this sense of relaxation. I didn't feel like there was, a construct of time i had you know no anxiety about the environment whatsoever i just i was just really me and i came back to australia i was like screw this i'm out of here i don't want to stay in australia i want to go to peru i want to i want to experience that state of consciousness because i associated that state of consciousness with peru and you know i told my parents i'm like i'm out of here bro mom started crying instantly I was like no no <laughs> dad was just holding it in just like You're still my son. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, bro, chill out, man. I'm not getting a sex change, you know? (laughs) So they tried to, like, a lot of like patterns of guilt and fear came up of, like, leaving the parents behind, right? But then I realized, I was like, nah, they're fine. This is part of growth. Like, you got to leave them behind and just trust your own journey. And uh, I thought the hardest part would be convincing my partner. Hey, let's, you know, I got to warn your daughter at the time. And I was like, hey, let's move to the middle of the Amazon jungle and live with indigenous folk and start our life over there. And I went up to her and I was like, babe, do you want to move to Peru? And she was just like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, good. (laughs) And um, so I packed up all my things and I got ready to go and uh, the world went into lockdown. Boom, slam, everything just closed. And I was like, oh no, I'm gonna sit in the suffering forever now. I can't wait to move and I don't want to be in this body like uh, I go, gotta to go to Peru you know mm. but then I started to learn like throughout I went on this healing journey you could call it float tanks and meditations and retreats and psychedelics and yoga and breathing and running and screaming at my plants and just smoking tobacco just the wildest shit you can imagine bro none of that really actually gave me the answer but it just created a space where I was able to just Go a bit more deeper. The answer actually came to me at a very, very unexpected point in my life. And this was actually um, a few months ago. It was a Sunday night. It was a Sunday morning. I don't know what it is about Sunday morning. So, Sundays are just so chill. Okay. I feel like the whole world sort of kind of stands still. All the businesses yeah. are shut. Like, even if you want to do things, you can't do things. So, you're like forced to just chill the fuck mm. out. So, I, 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 I was six o'clock in the morning. I was dipping in and out of sleep, I went through an altered state of consciousness, and I was just breathing so deep, and I heard the voice in my head say this: "Peru is in your breath." And I was breathing, and I was like, I felt like I was actually in Peru. The birds were chirping outside. I was like, "Oh my God, these are the, the, the birds that are out here in Amazon." And I feel, feel the wind coming in, and I felt so rela- I felt so bliss, I was like, "I am in Peru right now, but I wasn't. I was in Perth, Australia, in my bed. But I was like, how is this possible? And I realized what it was. It was literally the breathing. Because when I would be in Peru, I'd have a certain breathing style. I don't have to go out and be doing things. I don't have responsibilities. Like in my relationship, the time changes. I can eat food guilt-free. I'm stress-free. And I breathe really deep and calm into my perineum. It's like a very subtle type of breath. And at that moment, I realized like, holy shit, I've just bought Peru to myself. Mm. Why I wanted to go to Peru so bad was I wanted to experience that state of consciousness, but why can't I have it here now? Right. And then I realized I actually didn't want to move to Peru. I love Australia, bro. Australia's dope, right. you know, like uh, yeah. good people. All my friends are here, my family is here. I want to build my dream home here. And I was just like, dude, it's crazy. And now that whole journey has taken me to this point where it's like, wait a second you can collapse space and time to download an experience right now right here like you don't have to move anywhere to get anything then it made me bring the question up I was like do you really need psychedelics can you just believe it and it happens right now right here do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. sure yeah so that was what the blog was about just a bit context on that and can i uh, ask you a question you can yeah i <laughs> me a question well, what what do you think no, creates belief <laughs> like what do you think power's belief
0: Creates or powers it? Two different what,
2: what pow- so you can have a belief, like for example, uh, I believe my hair is brown. Yeah. What, what's powering that belief, the generator to give that belief force, energy?
0: To, to make it, oh man, oof. I would say it's a experience, you know, limited experience in a, in a human vessel. So let's say you're born with a baby and you see your dad's hair and your mom's hair and your brother's hair and all the people's hair, and it's like, oh, it's brown. So mine would naturally be brown as well. Unless you were an albino or something like that, a natural thing. But I think um, our genetics or our DNA or our cert- has a certain code in it which gives us a platform to work with. And we can co-create within that platform, but that platform is made by a higher intelligence or a higher power, mm. which would be the ascending dimension that above it, or it could be God itself composing the whole thing. But, I mean, if you really stepped into your power and realized that these beliefs are all malleable, then you can turn your hair pink if you really wanted to, mm. if you had the power of belief. That would be know? pretty cool. You know, but I, I haven't experienced that, otherwise I'd grow myself. You think it's some, possible some though? Like, yeah. Do you think it's possible? I, honestly, I do think it is possible, but I, I think it's going to be possible for at a different um, a totally different level of consciousness, a totally different level of, of mind power and discipline, and I think you have to work for it. You want to be able to believe it, I think you have to work on that belief every single day. Like, How do you do that? Though? You like may be visualisation. Um, it may be journaling. It may mm. be having the intention very strongly, or you set aside a certain time in your meditation to see and feel and like you know mm. to whatever it may be. But discipline will be will be the the action needed to really craft your your willpower. And your willpower is what emanates. Will, willpower is a part of our our, our consciousness, right? Mm. And that is what shapes reality of energy. Energy being matter, or kinetic energy being matter. So it'll come down to willpower and discipline that's pretty interesting
2: yeah. uh, recent- well, what are your thoughts on that recently I was taking care of um, one of my uh, partner's friends daughters mm. and she's like six and we were out in the bush and she was on my shoulders and we were walking and I was I made a horse noise
0: yeah. and can you do the demo for us <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> and um, she she then made a horse noise She's like, I want a horsey, and I promise you, literally three seconds later, a horse walks down with a lady on the back. I was like, maybe it's coincidence, you know what I mean? But maybe she manifested it, I don't know. And then the other day I was like, at the Royal Show with my niece, she's seven, and there was a peacock there. And she was like, I want to see the peacock's feathers. And I swear, as soon as she says, the peacock just opens his feathers like that. And I've seen all these examples with kids saying things, and they just instantly come true. And I'm like, dude, you guys got to work for me, man. Like, <laughs> I'll give you a tenure of what I want. and You manifest it for me. So it's like, I find an interest in kids. It's like, well, how are they creating it?
0: Do, do you think it's just the kids or do you think it's, it's a changing time now mm. where the veil is becoming thinner and we're becoming less material and more light, like we're ascending and kids are just more tuned in naturally than we are because we've been conditioned by the 90s?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think kids are naturally just in their heart space quite a lot. Mm. And that... that potentially could be the generator yeah. to create a certain reality.
0: Did we... Believe, sorry. I'll take this one. <laughs> now, when you both said this thing very accurately, is that um, we've set up limitation for ourselves. Now we have to transcend and ascend that limitation into what we once were, who we truly are. And thinking back in times of like Atlantis or Mu or whatever else where they had these amazing, you know, spiritual gifts or building pyramids or whatever like that. Um, at what point can we really start making a huge difference? Like, what do we have to do to really start ascending our reality to having no... Do you, have you fully experienced complete and utter abundance? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you think we'll be able to experience that? Like, you want to manifest the life of your dreams. You don't have to work anymore. You don't have to do anything anymore. Like, how, what, will you have, what would it take to reach that level?
4: How to reach a, yeah, a this level of material.
0: I, I would say abundance in all forms, but being... No limitations. For me, personally, it's limitation of working. Like, I'm always trying to manifest a better job, you know? Don't you
2: cut out a lot of hours in your job.
0: I, I, I did, but look, listen, man. Because like,
2: <laughs> no, you've you got real-life example. I of, have a real-life example. I do, I do it, yeah. It.
0: But I'm still limiting. I'm like, no, I want a better job. But, but I was like, no, fuck this job bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't want a job. They hear you? <laughs> yeah, you know, I get fired. <laughs> no, but like, I, <laughs> I just want to manifest a life, you know what I mean?
2: What's a life look like to you?
0: on well to be honest i I don't know
1: (laughs) i don't know (laughs) that would be a good point to start (laughs) it's like going into google and trying to look for something you're like i don't know how to type (laughs) honestly
0: man like things i'm like i want a house i want this i want that but for for me right now living in the system like money would be the thing i don't have to go to i don't have to go to work ever you know what i mean from that space i feel like I i could create a lot of abundance for myself you know yeah but i have this belief i'm like no no brett if you had no job and no structure discipline you'd be some kind of animal you know, you know what i
4: mean yeah the problem is um you you're uh, you're possibly here to mm. learn a lesson
3: mm.
4: and you might be wanting to run away from whatever that lesson is because
0: <laughs>
4: you're in the situation you're in right now and you're meant to be in the situation you're in right now potentially yeah and you're wanting to be in a different situation mm. so you if you want to level up, then you need to pass the level. And if you wanna pass the level, then you need to learn the lesson. So there's a lesson that you're probably trying to escape from, if I had to guess. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, if you want to, like for instance, maybe your work's not as bad, I don't know, but maybe work's not as bad.
0: Work's pretty good to be honest, it's really good. Yeah, you know what I mean? It could be
4: something like that. Maybe a little bit of gratitude or something is out of Mm. place, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you've achieved that, all right, that's reflected in your outside world.
0: Perfect. So, picking these lessons in life, like, how do we really see the essence of, okay, what is this lesson, and how can I learn it another way? <laughs> 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 so, okay, Pick, picking, picking the lesson, like, is there any tips to actually really find the lesson, even though it's a very tough question to throw at somebody? Like, Are The lessons that you've obviously seen and picked up on in your own life that, okay, and once you do you have an example of finding a lesson and then having a the level completely shift?
4: we uh, I mean, definitely I, I think um, there's so many different ones that are some are small some are bigger I think um, in, in, in a relationship sense uh, you know I had at one point very low self-esteem and that was reflected in my relationships I took some a couple of years out to myself didn't get mm-hmm. into anything intimate for a long time yeah um, until I learned to love myself properly as lame as it sounds but once I had, the relationship I had reflected that perfectly and mm. it was the first time i ever had a healthy non-toxic relationship. That's
2: real man, form. that's yeah. real. Yeah and it's a real yeah. example.
4: Yeah. You know Perfect. And the, thi- the thing is what you're going to be hearing are, are real examples so they don't really sound like anything crazy because what you want is like a man walking on water as an example
3: mm. but
4: that's transcending the lessons that you're meant to learn potentially. Yeah. So the steps are going to be subtle. Mm. You need more belief in yourself. Mm. How has belief truly manifested? Is it in your thoughts that you have? No, it's in the actions you take. A man can think they're gonna be the world's most famous actor, but they're sitting on the couch watching TV all day and they're not even taking auditions. Mm. They don't truly believe that. They put it on their vision board, they told them, yeah, I'm gonna be a famous actor one day. Actually, they're just attaching to a fantasy to escape their true doubt. Mm. Because if they truly believe in themselves, they'd be out there taking auditions because they'd be excited Mm. to be what they think they're gonna be they want to get there as quick as they could yeah Yeah. so that's one example of a lesson and Mm. then obviously that's gonna have results
1: Um, I guess that's probably my answer to that yeah that's that's
0: pretty good yeah I
1: mean I guess my I agree with that because I think the whole idea of abundance is just kind of like at least for me Uh, when I was living in a scarcity mindset it's totally different to where you're living in an abundance mindset so I think that all this clicked in recently probably within the last 8 months 9 months where like I shifted from a point of like having living in a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset but also realizing that if you're someone like someone who's living in an abundance mindset wouldn't be doing certain things or wouldn't it be actioning certain things versus someone who lives in a scarcity mindset you know what i mean like if let's say you're someone who's um abundant like what would someone who's abundant do right like if you're abundant and you live abundant you live an abundant lifestyle you're still going to be conscious about where you're putting your money how you are investing your money how you growing your money, how you're making your money work for you. Mm. That's, how, at least that's how I think someone who's abundant would think. It's, not, you don't think about, okay, yes, I want to be abundant, but the actions that I'm taking are from a scarcity mindset. Mm. So I'm going to hold everything. I'm going to hold the um, money or the value that I have without sharing it or without... Um, giving giving it out to the world because i'm still so stuck like no i don't have enough i don't have enough. Mm. enough like i have everything i need so how can i make everything i need even more and i live in that state it just just naturally kind of just flows yeah you don't have to kind of think about it you don't have to like
2: that child likes it. yeah
1: mm. yeah like that that state i think for me it, it changed a lot recently I think but also because on the basis that I really um, once I kind of shifted to that kind of state kind of started being a little bit more wise and more conscious about what I do with my finances yeah, and then yeah that's when I realized okay holy shit like the when you when you get into that state it kind of just starts like kind of flowing into you you're not kind of um, you're not worried all the time. You're not anxious all the time. Even even though you sometimes you look at your bank account, and it's like oh, we've got forty bucks in there. But if you're in a state of abundance, you're like oh yeah, that's just mm. for now. There's more that's always gonna flow in. Yeah, mm. you, you're much more likely to do, to take that forty bucks and put it into something that's gonna grow tenfold, mm. fold, whatever, because you're not living in that. This is what I have now. No, no more is going to be coming in. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Two two things. One was with you. Um, if you allow me, I can surface it, something that I didn't agree with. Yeah. But if not, then I can just point something out, yeah. have a chat with you about it. Is that cool? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with everything else you said before, but there was this one thing that you said, which was um, you need more belief in yourself. Mm. And I feel that that language is rooted in an in a idea of inadequacy, that you need more of something, mm. and you need a more of something to counteract the inadequacy. Mm. And that's the mental program that's been downloaded into the, into the mind, that you need to be more than you. Mm. Whereas the, the real you is, is whole already. Right. It has no inadequacy. Right. But when we believe it, it yeah. manifests into reality yeah do you feel that
4: i, I do it's, it's a hard it's a hard thing to phrase though because it's also like you could say i need more gratitude and it almost contradicts itself because it's like i need to be i have an absence of a quality that appreciates i have no absence yeah. of qualities
2: you know it yeah it just sort of justifies the fact that you don't have it already yeah, yeah. but that's the very thinking that landed you in that problem is yeah because it's based in a no, deep-seated inadequacy. I, I agree. I think for me, it
4: was more um, like generally we will have lessons. I, I don't know if that is a lesson that is yeah. to be learned or not. But like that, we I, I think we are given moral lessons, or we have to align ourselves to a particular being. But now that you bring it up, maybe not even. Like that's the weird thing. Like I don't know if there's a lesson that we have to learn. Mm. and it's like maybe you're literally skating along uh, a predestined reality and thoughts are actually uh, voices of the future speaking to you that are mm. set in
2: stone and yeah. so you have
4: no choice and you have no free will uh, I get no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that
2: both, both decisions lead to the same path exactly that, right. exactly. Yeah. that, that, that yeah, idea though <laughs> that idea that that's like a suicide dream for some people no. <laughs> 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 <Wait a laughs> that can't <clears> beautiful
4: because <throat> then you're like, oh, screw it! Like, who cares then? Like, yeah. I don't have to worry anymore about if I make the right choice. I don't have to resist where I'm at right now. I'm where I'm meant to be. Who yeah. cares? Mm-hmm. And I'll go exactly where I need to be. You that's case. ultimate flow state. Then. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: I think that's what the plants teach, though. Right. Like when I look at a plant, I'm like, look at that plant there. It doesn't work. It doesn't move anywhere yet. Its survival needs are all catered for. That's a
4: fake plan though, isn't it? No, that's a
2: real plant. That's oh, a real plant. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, like, hurt yeah, so his feelings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, go. Like, like it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's not moving in space and time. How is it feeding itself? How is it nourishing itself? How is it taking care of all of its needs? I was like, perhaps, maybe if we we become plants. You know, <laughs> learn the lesson of the the consciousness of a plant, mm. which is exactly what you're saying. Is like maybe just get out of our own way.
4: Yeah
2: and like maybe we don't have to do anything yeah. everything's probably going to already be there and the idea that we've got to do something to achieve something is probably the block that's right maybe just like, go but that's the hardest part right because yeah. like, if you truly believe then you quit your work job tomorrow I probably wouldn't um... the fuck would I do <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a uh, job I don't know. I'd probably be more um... probably more, more real
3: yeah
2: as in you know like as in wouldn't really care what people think about me. I mm. don't oh, fuck it. I will say whatever I want. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: true. If if there's a hierarchy, I'd and I don't believe in it and agree with. It, I'd say what I want because mm. I'm I'm safe.
4: But also maybe not much changes at all as well. Maybe uh, like it, like you, you you might be the it might be the case that your reality is changing because of your resistance, but you might literally just be doing exactly what you're doing, but you're just kind of. Enjoying it, or just watching mm. it, like yeah. an observer,
2: yeah. just like sitting yeah.
4: back and you're like, all right, this is this roller coaster for now. This lifetime is my movie now, and you're just watching it happen. Yeah. Well,
2: what would you What would you do if you had unlimited finances? Unlimited finances. Oh, like, what would your life look like?
4: I don't feel like it'd be that different.
2: How would um, you wake up? What would you eat? What, would you, do? what would you do?
4: I I do pretty much what like for me. I'm um, um, not particularly. I don't feel like I'm a particularly money-driven person. I, I do like enjoy having. The, the choice at a time like i don't like going out to a restaurant and then being like oh like i can't eat that or something like that but it doesn't, it doesn't even bother me anyway like i don't know um i'd probably just make a higher budget film if i had more money mm-hmm. i'd probably yeah. spend it all pretty quickly on yeah. the film anyway yeah yeah
2: yeah Sure, yeah. yeah. yeah, true, yeah. true. Yeah. what about you what would you do 80 million dollars
1: 80 million yeah Damn. okay that's an interesting question um what would i do what would I do with the money, or just...
2: What would you do with it? How how would your life look? Like, who, who would you be?
1: Um, I don't know, man. Honestly, I think I'd just, I'd just be chilling all the time. Like, cause at the end of the day, like, if you know where your finances are, and you know you can provide for your family back home, you can provide for your family here, you you have much less stress. I probably spend a lot more of my time just reading, just chilling, you know, like, just being with myself. That's, yeah. a, that's
4: a good question, though. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's a very good question. Because it's also, how would I feel? Yeah. And then, then I'm, I'm thinking to myself right now, I'm like, how would I feel if I had that money? Well, I'd probably care a little bit less about if this video does well or yeah. this does well, and the risks, mm. yeah, yeah, and, yeah fuck it. and you're like, oh, crap, there, that's there, there's where you're holding on to. There's a little blockage in, in yourself
0: mm. right
4: there. If I had all that money, I would care less. That's a very good question.
0: You yeah. probably enjoy the project more because you don't yeah, care yeah, for like, 60,000. Like, this, like, this, the it. outcome doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Well, I just thought about that as well. Like, well, what are we doing about all that money? I'm like, to be honest, i would be doing exactly the same thing, but just in a better house. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, exactly yeah. the same. But yeah. I'm like, why would I rob myself of the opportunity of, like, having the next slightly better house and the next slightly better house and just going from bang to bang and missing out that growth? Because I enjoy, like, in a little rush, I'm like, oh, I've got a new house or a new this or a new fucking microphone. You I know what
2: I mean? I'd see you at the strip club. <laughs> 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 that, how would you feel in that house? Like, what would, what would be different? To be honest, man, it, it's just like, I, I actually want
0: a really good podcast room. Like, it's a perfect... Podcast room, you know what I mean? I don't want like the aircon being in the shot, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's just want it to be crisp. But I, I want to walk in here that has the plants and it's like the lighting's immaculate, you know. But it's, I'd have had the same four guys here, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta get go, it's just it's just literally like a, um, a conditioning thing where it's like I want to be better, I want, I want it to be perfect, I want it to be, you know, it's perfectionism essentially,
4: in a big way, I think so, because it's yeah. like, um, like sometimes uh, you know, restricted circumstances forces the, the best creativity as well, mm. you
0: know. That's true, man. That's true. I'll ask you one more question though. When it comes to um your channel trip whip, I noticed some of your videos just take off, like six hundred thousand views. I'm like, damn, man, like that's actually a really big thing. Like, did you did you know what video was going to take off, or did you have did you have an idea of which video would do better or or worse, and it just completely defied your expectations? How did that go? Yeah, it
4: was really funny. When I started, I was at Domino's. I remember like the thought process behind it. I was like literally driving around, and I remember. Like I think I wanted the channel to do well. I definitely didn't care that much, but Mm. I wanted it to do kind of well. But only because I, I was thinking like a couple hundred views, I'd be happy. Mm. And it was like um, I remember I'd have a thought that would get in the way, and it'd be like, um, oh, what if? And it was literally like meditation on that one subject. Every time I'd get a bit too excited, like not even a bit, just thinking about how a video would do, yeah, shut it down. Really, just just shut it down. Just like quiet my mind distract myself with something else
0: it was very weird i don't uh, so you didn't want to think about how well the video would do
4: i didn't at all okay before i started the channel i'm not 100 sure why but i think i just felt maybe i'd stop myself from even making the channel if i got too caught up or whatever Mm -hmm. I, i don't know but my first videos were my best videos and then when you know the first three videos were taken off i got way too caught up Were you like, I did (laughs) it? No, not at all. I was just like, oh, I can make whatever and it will do well. And then I actually let go almost too much in a way or something. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Mm. But I just, I think I just stopped making the videos for a good reason. At first, I was making it because I wanted to convey that message to people. And then I started being like, oh, I actually like this. I like just the attention. Mm -hmm. I know. Just make a video about whatever. And then the views just dropped instantly. Mm. I was like, well, actually, no, your attention has to be right as well, it seems like. You have to make a video because you want to help people or you just yeah. want to express yourself, not because you just want to be in front of a camera and, and
0: see the yeah. views behind mm. on, on, your, on your video. Yeah, that's you know, fair. Yeah. You can take kind of a bit of a ride, like all the comments, all the feedback, all the atten- attention. Like, I mean, I I, I don't I, I couldn't comprehend it. Like, I've only experienced one of my videos going to 200,000 views on TikTok. And, and like, the same thing. It's, it's, yeah, well. but it, People commenting and people saying these certain things. I'm like,
3: you know,
0: <laughs> I'm a big shot. You know what I mean? Like it was a little bit of a rush. Then my video just died after that. I was like, fuck. <laughs> right. But like, it's a roller coaster, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought I made it in that moment. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> mean? I was yeah. like, fuck. I'm gonna be <laughs> the new guy. Deepak Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> Deepak English. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, life had other plans. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you never thought But I mean, it's pretty early days. Could, could you that. pick your videos now? Which one? Could you could you Can you get a feel for and, it, yeah, or do you set an intention? Do you say, "I want to get this many views, this many followers," and that sort of happens, or just let it go?
4: Um, look, early days, I um, I knew which videos were going to do well, mm. which videos wouldn't, and I don't know why I didn't always do videos that would do well. For some reason, I just made videos which I knew would be average. Yeah, but um, I, I it would always correlate to how much effort I put into a video. If I put a lot of effort into it, it would do well. At some point that stopped. At some point I stopped making videos for like five months. Mm. Came back to it and then I put a lot of effort into a video and it did really like, it did very low compared to the others. Mm. Got very little views compared to the others. Just, it's how it goes. And yeah. you know, like I've had people tell me I should stop doing YouTube and start working on films because they're like, um, that's where they see me doing stuff more than YouTube. Yeah. And I'm like, man, maybe like, I, like I'm doing YouTube because I feel like I'd be letting go of something that could be an advantage to me. So yeah. I don't want to let go of it yet. Um, I'd rather put everything into it because I've never put everything into it. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I, whatever happens, it's, uh, I, there's a part of me that's definitely going to fight for it as well. Yeah. But there's also a part of me that's like, if it's not meant to be, then it's not meant to be. So, that's yeah.
0: true. Yeah. I've never really put 100% effort, effort into anything. Yeah. No, now yeah. I think about it, I've never really gone as hard as I possibly could. Yeah. And in moment, moments that I do, I'm just like, why are you doing this, bro? Why are you spending all this energy? But uh, yeah. You know, the, yeah, the, like the laziness is like, just, just,
3: just chill. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah. But double question, right? the lessons we learn in life, the lessons we learn and we up-level. We up Do you think psychedelics can somehow fast-track those lessons? So you could learn a lesson that may take you five years or two years or even two months, but in one trip you like you learn a lesson really hard. Like It takes you on a journey. Do you think psychedelics are designed to speed up our lessons, to speed up our evolution, essentially? Um,
4: in terms of our evolution, I think they're meant to, that they'll meant be playing. See, speed up our evolution It's hard to say because then you have, that's based on an ideal state mm. of being so is it psychedelics going to get us to that ideal state of being faster that ideal state or that end state might be something completely different it might mm. look like a, a 20 billion years ago sort of thing Yeah. Um, but it, I think it would definitely change our evolution in a big way mm. um, I think it would definitely uh, we're going to see people disengaging from their sensory experience in a big way because it, it also it's no coincidence I think that at the same time we're taking psychedelics uh, and we're having a big psychedelic revolution, we're also having a technological revolution, um, where people are able to plug into VR and replicate reality pretty close to what we're experiencing now. Mm. It's not gonna be very long until it's exactly what we're experiencing right now. This is happening at the same time that people are taking DMT and they're seeing that, hey, I'm a uh, this this whole reality is an illusion from, a certain, from mm. a certain point of view. So these things are happening the same way at the same time. I think it's gonna have an uh, effect on our consciousness where thoughts are going to be posed by a deep part of our mind and deep part of our subconscious where it's like maybe the way we see reality is actually so much different from what it could be beyond our experience of it mm. and that will have an effect which i'm not 100 able to predict obviously
0: yeah, yeah. Who, who do you think built the pyramids i know I know. what do you think um
4: I, th- I have a couple of different theories I think that um, it's possible, starlight acts as a um, web of information throughout the universe. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at pictures of starlight, it looks like veins, it looks like capillaries, it looks like a mycelium network, it looks really? like a web, like it's ridiculous. Was yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: I've never seen like. this. Yeah.
4: And those things that I'm describing, these are things that pass one thing to a, a whole different source. Mm-hmm. Is that these are things that spread information from one source to many other sources. So this is what light functions as. It's very possible that our consciousness is being influenced by places very, very far in the universe. It's possible that psychedelic entities we meet are actually consciousnesses, alien consciousnesses from another place in the universe. Um, And the gods of Egypt that perhaps um, were being experienced Mm was an ego translation of an energy from a far away place in the universe. And so the um, placement of the stars and the galaxies and stuff like that, that's in our subconscious then. Mm-hmm. And then this is what's being expressed through the placement of the pyramids and stuff, yeah. uh, potentially. That's one theory, you could go through many others, I have no idea.
0: That's a pretty. I haven't heard that one before, yeah, that, that's know. very good. Yeah. Yeah.
4: My Dr. Well. Dr. Ham. Yeah. What's your theory?
0: Slaves, bro. <laughs> Slaves, right? <man, yeah. laughs> no, honestly, what's your top theory?
2: <laughs> Whoa, <man. laughs> stick a gun out of <laughs> No, no way is <laughs> Ooh. Oh, there's many. Again, there is there is there is many ideas. I essentially think. Um, what was the question?
0: What or who or how? How pyramids, yeah.
2: You know, perhaps it's a projection of our mind, a place within our mind, mm. right? And I think this is what the ancients were great at doing by mapping the, the, the pyramid with such precise coordination to heavenly bodies. Perhaps this structure is showing us our relationship with the heavens mm. as above, so below. Yeah. And it, it speaks to us in a way as a beacon when we look at it, which is like, whoa what the fuck were these guys on when they built this thing? When you walk in this thing, the chambers, the precision of the rocks, it's just like, you, you, it brings a lot of questions up. You know, I think that's what the pyramids really like to to do. They rattle you, you know, like you go inside and you see these 80 ton um, blocks, right? That have been shipped from a quarry 800 kilometers away. And it's like, how did you bring this here and then lift it a few stories high and pl- place it with such precision? It it, it brings up all these questions. So I again just like to consider the idea. I like to consider the idea that potentially that um, if you collapse the duality between inner and outer worlds and you see earth then the universe itself as an extension of our mind then the pyramids is just a location within our mind.
4: Yeah.
2: And you could say it's a thought. Yeah. You could say it's not even physical. You know, what is physical at the fundamental level, right? So maybe we built it. Mm. Maybe us humans as a collective imagined it to be there and it's just there to wake us up in these dark times, you know, to look at it and go, God damn.
4: I think so too as well. I think it's like, I think that what you just touched on is the key of it, what is physical, and physical is thought, Mm. physical is mental. Mm. Like there might be a physical thing, there might be some such such thing as physical but physical as we know it is a mental
2: construct exactly yeah exactly mm. yeah so it's like then you just it just brings the question it's just like um maybe we are the pyramid too do you know what i mean yeah like if we collapse our identity mm. and we realize a singularity consciousness maybe we are the pyramid mm. just like you know they say you are the universe like you're the stars but what makes you different from the pyramid then you know, right. what yeah, makes you no. different from the the poo in your toilet? <laughs> <It's>
0: You're everything. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was built in a, built in a time when we we knew, we knew who we were. You know, I when we woke up, yeah. yeah, and did these amazing things with our mind, and whatever else.
2: I got a question actually. Yeah. What if all of this was illusion? Like it was actually built by um, slaves. There was no such thing as consciousness. There was no such thing as manifestation. There was no such thing as. Um, but then
0: there would be nothingness.
2: And uh, on psychedelics, you just—it's just you fucking with brain chemistry mm-hmm. like there's there's no um entities out there it's just we're just a bunch of crazy folks sitting down <laughs> affirming each other's biases like, what would you do if that could you could you believe that as a reality like do you think would well, be possible, it's possible, it's possible
0: yeah. if that yeah. was a reality like if it really really was a reality like <laughs> jump out the window no nah, i don't know man I, I would probably just embrace it dude i'd probably start drinking alcohol a lot more often <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean nothing just a mechanical thing like i died i died no consciousness whatever i'd just be like you know what I'm gonna get a girl on Wall Street and I'm gonna go for Broke, you know what I mean?
2: You know what it reminds me of? It's that ma- that Matrix scene where what? that there's that one of that guys, he knows it's the Matrix. And oh, yeah, um, he's eating the steak oh, yeah. and he's like, I know this steak's fake <laughs> 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 And then he drinks the one, and he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> It'd be that moment bro. But
0: well, that was funny, he's like he's like he's put me back in, he's like, I don't remember nothing. I was like, I don't remember anything like so that's essentially what I would do if that was there was no consciousness, there was no higher realms. It was just that. Fuck it, man. Why, what do you What do you have to lose?
2: Right, just think, thinking about it, like I don't know. It's, just, it's a very empty feeling inside.
0: Yeah, it's a very empty feeling. Yeah.
2: Well, what, what, what's um, not there? Like if, if that reality is right, what is it that's absent?
4: What do you mean? Like, because the reality you're talking about. What if, like, I guess, if we die, nothing happens after death.
0: Just dead, gone. Just a right, physical, right. mechanical machine.
2: That's the, it.
4: So what? changes from now like because because like there's simulation theories out there as well obviously mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it just
2: goes blank, eternal blankness. like you are gone yeah like I, I think generally the idea do you believe like what happens when you die do you believe your consciousness goes on
4: um well because my form of consciousness is ego you know what i mean so it's like i don't think the ego goes beyond death so more or less i die and then life is just life so it's like life can't go beyond death the body will die
2: yeah life your 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 awareness yeah does that go on I guess like the lessons you've learned here what you've accumulated
4: well because I think also that if your body dies then your experience of time changes so you would transcend time so you're not really like existing after death at that point you're outside of time
2: but that depends where your consciousness is while you're alive too Because if your consciousness is associated with its physical body, then you're confined to time. But if you're not associating it with time, you've had those breakthroughs, like you mentioned, you're in a way already dead because you're not identifying with the body.
4: Personally, I, I think this is almost like a memory. Like On DMT, I remember having a trip where I was going... Like, I, after I came out of the white light, I was going from memory to memory to memory until eventually I jumped into me holding the DMT pipe. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit. You're like, keep like, going. Yeah, I was like, no, was like, I'm still in the memory. Yeah, like, oh, and it fuck. was like, oh, this whole thing could just be a memory or is a memory after I've died. Damn. And I think that might be just another way of saying, this is experience of finite time when I've come from a reality of my consciousness exists in a around beyond time. So it's just channeled itself into linear time perception when it also okay. exists in a realm beyond that so therefore all the reality has already happened
3: and so as I'm true.
4: dying this afterlife is really just a process of me transitioning from linear time perception to infinite time mm. and so I'm taking these steps there as I'm dying as my body's degrading like the brain chemistry is changing it's like a psychedelic experience where you're going from
2: like you're just blasting off on DMT and yeah. you're going
4: from linear time perception to whatever yeah. the hell that is.
2: That's, that's why I find indigenous aboriginals so interesting. You know when they say, we, we want to thank our ancestors past, present and future, like mm. perhaps if the the more third dimensional being, the per, third dimensional perception looks at it as like, okay, the ancestors who passed on in the past and the ancestors who are going to come in the future, but perhaps they talk about a timeline. Which is beyond time, yes. that their answers actually exist right now, and they 're alive in the past, and they 're alive in the future too, and they 're acknowledging them and they 're thanking them yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
2: on you know on the That's what I, I, I feel as perhaps this is where the Aboriginals find it so challenging is they 're trying to communicate to a culture which is the Western culture mm-hmm. in a language that won 't understand uh, a reality which is based in a much more feminine energy, and that feminine energy is non-local, it's everywhere and nowhere, it's um, chaotic, it's, Mm. it doesn't confine itself to physical laws, there's no time in there, and it's like, obviously, it's going to come off as a kook when you try to speak to them, you know, like, when you ask an indigenous person, it's like, where did you learn this from, like, the tree told me,
3: Mm.
2: you know, and it's like, imagine like a well-established PhD doctor like <laughs> how is this
4: possible you know what I
2: mean? Like, what is going on like a tree told you yeah. so but perhaps maybe that tree has a consciousness which is not physical and it can communicate to that indigenous folk right. mm. so I find that interesting it's like wow, man imagine if you could just bridge that gap between the two and I think this is coming back to Brett's question what is Disco Shaman about mm. Disco Shaman is about bridging that gap mm. Mm-hmm. between these two very separate cultures mm-hmm. and these two very divided cultures and to realise, whoa, like you guys are actually one intelligence. And you can see that in our own personal psychology, like we're so disconnected from our feminine, yeah. at least I was, um, and our masculine so there, you know. And what again, then I come back to your question. It's like embody in yourself and yeah. you can lead it as an example. And then it comes, nah, it doesn't come yeah, back. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that I think about it, the eight, um, about the $80 million question. <laughs> I was doing on it. I think if I was in a flow state, in a state where I didn't have to think about money, think about anything, I think it would be, how can I use that $80 million to service so it can extend as far as it can? <laughs> that would be a good answer. Yeah. We're a place
2: yeah. to start now.
1: Yeah. yeah. That would be my...
2: Do you think that if you start doing those things, you will manifest that reality of the $80 million coming to you? So it's like you're jumping ahead of time, kind of, for example. Yeah. But like now you have seen. for example, this is linear time. That's you with $80 million, and now you're perceiving over here, what, and what you're doing is you're collapsing time to come to you because your perception of what you'd be doing when you have the $80 million is in the yeah. future. Yeah.
1: Yeah, possibly, man. Possibly. Yeah, I just, mm. I've never even thought that deep, that far, like, now that you bring that question
2: up. I actually feel kind of sick. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> what do you mean, sick? I feel sick. Like it? It's he, just going too deep. <laughs> <laughs> jack went too deep, bro. Like, I was just like, oh, dude. I actually feel like I the psychedelic. I was like, man.
0: Uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um...
1: Can we talk about puppies, please? <laughs>
0: Much. <laughs> should we just should we end it
2: there? <laughs> I'm good, dude. I'm yeah. Whatever, yeah. if you want to keep going. Yeah. Um, no, nah, that's,
1: there. Yeah. That, that's a good day. Yeah, that was a good, good place. Yeah, yeah. that was a good fucking <laughs> three hours anyway, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks,
0: Thanks a lot, so mate. Much, yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank I know so who the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure, man.